Let's talk connection inside the wrestling war zone. I'm on a wars podcast retrospective series. I'm JT. Joining me as ever is my partner Chad. Chad, how are you? Doing good. We should have done. Uh, should we done tarps off uh, for this uh, episode in, uh, in in honor of spring break? Or <laughs> yeah, we could. You know, I didn't even think of put on a Hawaiian shirt. You have like yeah, a million. The yeah, I do have my shirt. Fucking Zubiz shirts over there. You could have thrown it on. I got, I got about fifty. I can throw together. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't really plan that well. Well, actually, here. I got special delivery Jones. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, He's good to go. He's ready. To, He's ready to party. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's ready for Philly as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's ready. Coming to a wrestle farm. <laughs> I wish. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back. If you're new, thank you. We are simulcasting this show on both video and audio. Videos on YouTube, uh, on at North South Connection, and then on audio on any podcast application. Also on North South Connection, on the video. And across all our social media right now, we have a quite the stretch project going on. Myself and Ryan Gray are ranking all 402 WrestleMania matches ever. We're doing them one by one in short format. They're all between 45 and 60 seconds. They'll stream on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and here on YouTube Shorts. So you can subscribe and check them out. There's a playlist on YouTube Shorts or on our YouTube page that has them all in order if you want to check them out that way. And you can leave your comments and let us know how wonderful we're doing or if you're not happy with some of the rankings, how poorly we're doing. But it's a lot of fun. It's going to run right up until WrestleMania Saturday this year. Um, and then I'm just going to pack my bags and, and head off into the sunset after that one. But uh, that's on top of all the that's other content right. we have here. <laughs> we have a lot of great stuff. Uh, we're going to wrap up Chad's Mania trips with my podcast career all yes. in one big weekend. That's all all one. Then we're, then we're going to do one podcast. It's like the uh, Vince McMahon, Jeff, you keep saying where I'm going to be crying, <laughs> talking about, and you're not going to be doing it anymore. And uh, I'll do it the uh, next weekend, and you'll yeah. be a mania the year after. Uh, I guess of when S.D. Jones passed away. This was way earlier than I would have guessed, actually. 1997. Okay, you're way too early. 2008. I thought yeah, it was yeah. like in the... In the PTB era, where we talked about that, but I guess not. He, uh, when did he go in the Hall of Fame, though? That was early, that was like 95 or something. Mm, right? He was like one of the first wouldn't classes. Say right? His uh, accomplishment here, yeah. No, class of 2019. Oh, all right, posthumous. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. he's here with us anyway. Boy, what a rough. Oh, that's when they did DX together as group. I was going to say, pretty pretty rough group here. First three I saw was Honky Tonk, Tori Wilson, and Brother Brudai. So, <laughs> a little bit of a rough start there. Honky's in just on the back of this run that we're going to be talking about here tonight. Yes, yes. Uh, so, on this show, we're going through the entirety of the Monday Night Wars. We started it in September of 1995. We were in the promised land of March 1997. Both shows now two hours. Both shows uh, in big arenas with a big screens and everything else going on we're out of the uh milk toast uh flaccid raws with the four taped episodes and plotting through so we've made it uh finally and and really kicks off in earnest tonight with the first raws war yeah but- I, I think we're officially out of the era where you can see like the ceiling tiles on uh any of <laughs> yes. the hard cam shots of the yes. uh, arenas they run for either raw or nitro yeah all right. So, uh, any news or notes you want to hit before we get started? Yeah, this was this was a big one. We, you know, with our last episode, we talked about the Piper segment. We got some great feedback, uh, both from uh, Jonathan Black as usual, and then a uh, Pronk B 
triple zero? Is that how you say or prompt boo? How, how would you uh prompt boo? I like prompt boo. Prompt boo. Uh but but uh that that made me dig out the old observer. And uh Big Day was spicy over this uh the last week's nitro on March 3rd. And you know, it's so funny in modern day how people say how biased Dave is because mm-hmm. it both the March 3rd shows and the shows we're going to review tonight, he talks about how much better Raw is than Nitro. Like, he's very pro-WWF. Well, uh, but the internet in general, I would say from about here until WCW dies, is very pro-WWF. Like, WWF is the underdog. On, in the, it's probably the only time ever after that, but in the internet, early on, internet wrestling community, WDF was a darling. It had the young guys. Dave's not going to think that. I mean, maybe. No, I know, but like just the general Brett. sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. I, they got Brett. They got Pillman, right? They got a bunch of his guys. Yes. Yeah. So. Um. So, so I'll, I'll just read some for him because it, it is, it's, it's pretty, I, the rest of observers were pretty bad, which we'll get to a couple of tidbits. Like it, it, Dave's really freaking annoying in these two two uh <laughs> newsletters in the uh the wrestling war room on facebook yeah style. it's pretty bad uh so he said it was billed going in as a nitro you'd never forget and after the 33 show from atlanta's omni w wcw would just as soon hope to god that slogan isn't the case uh then he talks about the legitimate sellout in the omni which it was um said there was a uh, 13,693 in attendance now, I love that there was only 10353 paid because of all the Turner Brass and comps, but um, it was over 137000 gate, um, which is good. Uh, but when he gets to the Piper stuff, here's what he says. In a 20-minute long angle, which was Piper's idea to introduce his four-man team for the uncensored three-team cage match, Main event. He still thinks it's in a cage. <laughs> um, Piper brought out six men and said he'd asked the fans to vote thumbs up or thumbs down on them and that they could pick his team. To say the idea was a catastrophe would be putting it mildly. The shock was that the fans picked up on how bad it was with Piper, a man who could give interviews that were total nonsense and his personal charisma was such that fans would think they were classics. The man who could go out and do almost nothing in the ring and his presence was such fans thought they were seeing a classic match. And the man who could do the world's most embarrassing pretty boy music video on a wrestling show and still get over as a tough guy with absolutely no negative effects on his popularity as the main focal point. The original plan for Uncensored main event was a three-team deal with NWO, WCW, and finally introducing Steen's team. However, with Piper getting such a huge reaction and the success of the show at the Cow Palace, with Piper's name clearly being the key one and making the difference and popping the huge event, WCW decided to prolong the sting angle once again and use Piper team as the replacement. Piper's idea that they decided to accept since he has full creative control, which was mentioned in our comments, uh, of his own angles under contract was to do the show that he originally wasn't scheduled to be a part of, provided he could pick his team as a shoot to give some of his friends work in wrestling. So he outdid Hogan in that regard. Piper wanted to pick John Tento, who was his friend, who he wanted to get help back into WCW as a shoot since WCW had stopped using him and also get work for his bodyguard slash gopher and a friend from his straight-to-video action movies. The idea was a disaster from the start. 
Uh, so then he talks about the segment, uh, which is pretty funny. He does say the boxy guy is referred in the back as being Piper's brood eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a tough, tough moniker. Uh, talks about how blown up they were, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Piper was totally blown up, and the guy's acting skills and doing a live kickboxing fight scene made Glacier look like Peter Ertz. <laughs> by the time Ken Tenta came out, built by Mike Tanay as a former sumo wrestler, the segment was gone, but it wound up with all three members of Piper's team fighting each other with about as much intensity as a little girl's pillow fighting. <laughs> Backstage, while this was going on, the thought process was largely that they were in danger of not only ruining their upcoming pay-per-view, making it a trifecta for the uncensored gimmick, but of destroying Piper's future drawing power. There was talk mm -hmm. of changing the planned finish of the show where all three teams would be in the ring brawling with each other as the show went off the air to having Piper's team destroyed and to end the gimmick right there. But for whatever reason, probably because nobody could figure out how to exactly break the news to Piper, the originally planned show ending took place. Uh, well, so and I think it's as we'll see tonight. Like, I think the way the way they went about it, if you're not in the know at the time, I think you would just think it was planned, right? And, and that yes. the segment just kind of went awry. Like, I don't think it's like that crazy. I think they save it well. I'll put it that way. I think. Yes. They got they got bailed out because they had the horseman thing just sitting there on the side. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think like to me at the time I probably just figured oh this was the plan all along like he just has a shitty team and then the horsemen step up and like you can't go into the show with this team we got your back. Uh, so I, I think as we'll talk about that to me didn't seem crazy. So I'm glad they didn't rush and like I mean I think Piper deserved the respect of like at least having it explained to him why this bombed. Versus, you know, just like humiliating him. Uh, he already right. kind of humiliated himself right. in the segment. Uh, but they obviously clearly banked on Piper's charisma and name value to carry it and it bombed. Yeah, yeah, it was it was rough. Uh, let me see. there Because there was one like, I, I mean, I assume it was Bischoff that probably just told Piper, hey, we're not, we're not going on with this. Like this bomb, you, we got to change, you know, course correct. Um, somebody, yeah, this was a letter to the observer. This is in the March 17th, uh, newsletter. And what did he say? It was pretty interesting. He was talking about, uh, he was talking about Bischoff. Yeah. Nitro was getting really lame for the first time on three, three, I switched to raw while the NWO was in the ring. The hot crowds make the show watchable, but they need some substance for me to keep interested. They're burning me out on all the BS. Three-minute matches with endless screwjob endings and run-ins and poor main events with the NWO. The thing with Sting is real old. My main complaint is the constant scamming to keep us tuned. The Hogan Giant Robin Hood fiasco still hurts. So he's real good. <laughs> that did a lot. That one did a lot of damage. Yeah, like it was. Why scam your most loyal viewers? Give us a good product and we'll tune in. Give us a compelling two-hour show and we'll give you good ratings. Um, and then they were, uh, I can't find it now, but somebody did talk about like Bischoff and it was interesting how, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he basically said like, you know, Bischoff needs to assert himself here. Here it is. I found it. Uh, this is him. He spends the whole letter railing on Tony Schiavone, which seems like an odd axe to grind at this point in time. Right. But, but here you go. Here's the paragraph. I used to think Schiavone was a pretty decent announcer. But now he's just an embarrassment. 
I realize things get hectic in a company where the booking committee is staffed with paranoid sociopaths and the boss is a cross between John Davidson and Polly Shore, but that's no excuse to not take enough pride in your profession that you come across as a complete bonehead to the national audience. So again, like I said, there was a lot of angst in these mm. newsletters, a lot of kind of weird, like, you know, I, I, I would have expected agree, some of these I comments like yeah. a year later in like 98 when it's been like a year plus of the main event non-finishes and, yes. and NWO stuff. I am surprised to hear it already. The one thing I'll agree with is the comment about the matches. Like I do think that's one thing that's suffered a bit in recent nitros. And I called it out in our last episode. I thought it, it kind of hurt the show for me because for a while in, in late 96 and even back in 95, we'd get at least at one or two matches a night that would like crack three and a half or three and a quarter Benoit, Eddie, Ray, psycho, like, we're not getting that as much anymore. We're getting a lot more like quick squashes to get everyone in or yeah. the matches that do have name guys aren't going anywhere. They're quick and, and confusing like that Malenko Ultimo one. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like we're not really getting those like 11, 10 to 11 minute Mr. JL versus Eddie Guerrero. Man. Like, that would like all of a sudden pop at three stars that we said, oh, WCW can do this. WF can't, right? Like we're not getting those anymore. And I do think that it hurts Nitro in general. Yeah, they haven't been as consistent. I mean, this Nitro, the longest match lengthwise, is about five minutes. Yeah. So there, there was nothing on this Nitro that eclipsed that. Uh, only other tidbit I could do before we start the show is this is uh, something I, I don't know if I realized, didn't realize or forgot or whatnot. But originally, the Eric Bischoff angle with uh, Schiller was supposed to be Ted Turner. Right. Um, so Meltzer mentions that he said the Omni show was also to be the night where Ted Turner fired Eric Bischoff from his post at WCW in an angle as it turned out Turner decided having nothing to do with the story getting out in the New York Daily News that he didn't want to do a wrestling angle after all he sent Dr. Harvey Schiller who runs TBS Sports in his place so that'd be that would have been interesting if Oh, Teddy would have rolled out. Um, it would have been weird because I mean he never does show up. But no. I thought I thought Schiller was good. Talks yeah, yeah. Like, Dave mentions that that Schiller, given his position, did, yeah. did good. So uh, I believe they, there's a few like odds and ends that I can talk about as we do the uh, reviews proper. But we can go in. All right, so let's head over to March 10th, 1997. Raw is war. We yeah. are here. Uh, we get the brand new animation. Uh, on Peacock, uh, they have a thorn in, thorn in your eye, like the Raw theme, but it actually was uh, Marilyn Manson, uh, Beautiful People. So that's the theme for a while. Uh, it's dubbed over, obviously, on Peacock. But I, they do switch to thorn in your eye, but I think they have Manson for a Yeah, you, you, you still see uh, you see Austin at the sharpshooter right before you go to the Raw's War Zone. So two, two, two weeks before it happens, you get a preview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the iconic when you think of the Rolls War theme. I mean, I think you think of that one, but um Yeah, and they might have been using it in for the bumps anyway, throwing your eyes like already here. Yeah, right? that, that, beautiful that, people that, is like that, yeah, yeah, I think they were I think that's I don't think that's dubbed in. I think that was there. Um, but the the Marilyn Manson was the was a the theme, and I think it's that way at least through most of '97. Who uh, who at WWF do you think discovered the fire graphic coming out of the trash can? <laughs> That's because uh, uh, they, they love that thing. They they show it here. We have it in kind of the WrestleMania 13 heat. 
I don't know. I'm going to go with Kevin Dunn's son. Kevin Dunn suggested was, it to him. His son they, suggested uh, it. The dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever. They really went uh, full. Or maybe like Vince was walking outside uh, headquarters one night. And there was a bum with the doing his hands outside the trash can with the fire. Or maybe he saw Rocky <laughs> one, you know, and he, uh, all the guys outside. Right. Frank Stallone. Um, all right. So Marilyn Manson, we've arrived. Vince McMahon is fired up. We're in the Worcester Centrum. Uh, which is a, a pretty decent-sized arena. So we're back into a, a normal-sized building, a normal-sized uh, arena for an, uh, a show like this. The Ascension would host a lot of stuff later on, obviously, too. So it's it's a pretty well-known wrestling building. Yeah. I mean, it can't be understated how drastically different it looks. Um, there's very few moments in wrestling television history that you can pinpoint where something kind of drastically changed aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Nitro kind of upped the game, as we talked about, with the set design, the pyro. Um, so so they're in that. But this this is the next level of that. And since that, The Titan Tron alone is like... So, yeah, the Titan Tron so, yeah. really makes it where now you can see the entrance, like graphics yeah. and, and the camera angles backstage um, stuff like yeah and they can do interact backstage to the ring which they do a yes. lot in these early weeks they yes. really use that titantron to talk to the ring yes they, <coughs> they, they love that little aspect on this show in particular um mm-hmm. we'll get to it with this show i mean there's there's some you know like nooks and crannies they got to work out from a set design camera angle a certain aspect yeah, yeah. of it, like the steel steps right in the middle of the ring when they come down. Right, the that's road, odd. Yeah, which yeah. look weird. Um, but but just as far as changing the way wrestling television looks, like this is it. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, since this time in 1997, I don't know, because I don't think, I mean, maybe going into HD and just what they did with that, with like LED lighting. Um, but that seemed more universal like like right. i just remember looking at the time like there was nothing on tv from like i mean now with the led lighting and the way the arenas are set up it, it does look more like sports build or usc you know yeah. there's a lot of similarities that you get um there's nothing that looked like this uh that you would watch like maybe if you went to a concert but that wasn't on tv every week um so, so it, it really is. I mean, it's a groundbreaking moment. I think. I think, you know, if this was mainly Kevin Dunn or whoever from production mm-hmm. was kind of the brain trust of this set design and aesthetic, and really yeah. pushed it uh, to Vince and convinced him to go in this direction, like you have to be commended because I do think the overall, like quote-unquote rawness and the attitude of the show helps propel its ascension to uh become must watch television like it's part of it it's 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 a whole mood thing like this is a mood changer uh, everything with the way they change it um also yeah, and, and making it, first- it the war zone like our it's a yeah. and, and it, it looks like a war zone they set it up yes. it, where it feels like you're entering a battleground yes um where it's chaotic this giant screen they have the ramp now they didn't have a ramp before yes. That's new. They have a stage across the ramp, so stuff can happen up in front of everybody. Um, they're loaded of pyro, the shitload of pyro, and then um, the you know the coming down pyro, which was yep. really cool looking at the time. Everything was uh, you know mm-hmm. it, it was a complete change makeover, 
and, and being live look big time and just live, being live for two hours mm-hmm. like this yep and the crowd is hot it's fresh I, I can imagine what they were thinking when they came in um yeah. you know i remember watching this live being like oh shit like this is awesome <laughs> and just the whole the whole concept and vibe has completely changed in just yeah. weeks i mean just looks like three weeks ago we were still doing one one hour <laughs> taped draws you know yeah yeah I mean, since 97 started, they were like a little bit. Yeah, more I mean, the, the, the ones around Royal Rumble, you still had a couple of the ones that felt like the old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. So we start with our champion. Psycho Sid comes out. Uh, Vince says he's been reluctant to team with Undertaker tonight. Jim Ross also says that Ken Shamrock is here and has a major announcement. And Jerry Lawler says he'll be having a debate with Paul E. Dangerously tonight, and he will expose him. We'll talk about that. This is kind of the forgotten. ECW Invasion of Raw. Uh, we remember the one we talked about a few episodes ago from the Manhattan Center. I, I think it gets kind of overlooked that they do they run it back two weeks later here. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Ross gets in the ring to talk to Sid. Sid says everyone thinks he must be a fool. He knows when Paul Bearer is around with Mankind and Vader, and he smells something fishy with Taker, and he'll not fall for the trap at WrestleMania as Taker will fall victim to him. Sid tells Taker to stay in the cemetery, and when Sid puts him there once and for good, Taker comes out, gets a big pop, a very long entrance down the ramp. He says Sid should be scared uh, because his logic makes no sense. If Sid were to get hurt tonight, Undertaker can't take the belt. And if he gets hurt, Sid is still champion. So Undertaker is the one declining to team up. He'll deal with Vader and Mankind alone, and Sid can relax and enjoy his last few days as champion. Paul Bearer's voice echoes throughout the arena. He emerges with Mankind and Vader. They're on the ramp. Uh, he rants a little bit. He says, War of Raw, which made me laugh. I'm still getting used to the new name. Uh, Vader and Mankind attack, but Sid and Taker clean him out. Taker thinks Sid hit him. They stare down, and that's that. So I like this as a start. Um, you start off with your champion, your main feud for Mania, and you're already setting up like what this live environment is going to feel like. Sid's in the ring. Taker comes right out. You get his music. Vader and Mankind are out on the ramp with Paul Bearer. So you're using all the space right away, and you're showing like, Here's the shit that can happen in this setting now that we're going to have all the stars on too, right? We talk about this constantly with those old Raws. You may only get one or two big names an episode. Already, to start the show, we had four big stars and we're already promised others to come. So we know this is a different Raw than we've had. Uh, I liked it as a promo. The quick brawl was good, keeps the crowd up. And again, the aesthetic is already paying off. Yeah, so this uh, again is the kind of official start of something that'll be uh, way too drawn out which is our <laughs> yeah. opening raw promo mm-hmm. uh but but for the first time out it did set a uh a kind of different tone I, I thought everything was fine um one thing interesting in reading the torches uh from this week right after this right after this episode aired Wade seems pretty convinced they're switching the main event at mania to uh, Brett versus Austin for the belt. Um, I, I don't know. Like, do you remember at the time thinking that? I mean, I know they got the Sid Brett match coming up, but um, I don't think it would have been like, yeah. I mean, the way they had been bouncing the belt around and with how hot Austin got, mm-hmm. I don't think it was crazy to think that Brett was going to win next week on Raw and Austin was going to win the belt at Mania. Right. Um. So, so yeah. I mean, overall, I, I, I mean, the, the, uh, the Sid Taker feud, I think, has been fine. Like, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't feel like like a main event WrestleMania championship feud. So I will say that. Like, I do no, think there's no. more juice in Austin versus Brett. 
And even with the, the Paul Bear situation here, um, th this is kind of, again, like reintroducing Paul Bear into Undertaker's circle after, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a decent time away. He, he was kind of around with, like, the Vader match at Royal Rumble and whatnot. But but this feels like something that will really, you know, it, it obviously will get way, yeah, more, way more ramped up. But this, this kind of felt like step one in that direction. <clears throat> um, but it was fine. Yeah, and I think they're really banking selling this. I think it's a weird time for a mania because so much is up in the air. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. if this mania happened two months later, that card is looked at way differently. I just think mm -hmm. it's at a time where it's coming is like everything's up in the air and they don't really know what they're doing with a lot of stuff. Right. I think they're banking on selling mania on the back of Brett and Austin, on the back of the nation and Ahmed and Legion of Doom, and on the back of the the chance that Undertaker is going to win the world title. Like, I think that's it. Like, more than the feud, it's more about that Taker. Um, is finally going to win the big one for like an extended run. So, right. All right, we get an ad for Mania. Then we head to the first ever Raw's War match. It's our Intercontinental Champion Rocky Maivia taking on Tony Roy, uh, old friend, old jobber friend. So that's one thing I guess is sticking around for right now. Anyways, we're still gonna have squashes. Well, um, this, I actually thought this was a decent departure because this show's very heavy on straight squashes, like. Yeah. This almost felt like we were going back to superstars mm -hmm. with like, you know, your Tony Roy, Roy Raymond, these guys that are even below like your Salvatore Sincere, Tracy Smothers, uh, right. that that level that we'd seen as kind of enhancers, but also name guys that, you know, maybe on superstars are in a competitive match. Um, this, this, I'm, I'm interested to see like when this goes away because I didn't remember this. I didn't remember... Mm -hmm. That this first Raw's War was this squash heavy. Um, it's a very. I wonder if they weren't sure how to fill the two hours. Yeah, especially headed to Mania. Yeah, I want to say it stays this way for. I think by April, May, by like May, I think it's done. Yeah, there may be some, but I think it's it's not long. I think this was kind of the one concept that, to me, like the the amount they had here, it felt mm -hmm. definitely like an initiative. That right. hey, we're we're gonna have all the stars on the show, but they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be in very simple squashes like in the old days. And then right. we'll do like promos and angles around that. I, I think that's the one thing that really changed as as we go forward. So we'll yeah. we'll keep track of that. And I didn't mind it. I think if they found a little balance, it'd be okay because I do think there's a place yeah, for squashes. There's a, there's a spot yeah. for it, but this this show was it's, it's, it's very conflicting watching this show for me. It was it was very exciting on some areas, but as far as like in ring and some of the right. stuff with the angles, it was like okay, we're we still got some growing pains. But yeah, and it's mainly because of where they're at with angles. Like I think they have to figure out what the next set of stories are going to be in this world. I think right now they're still playing out some of the you know right milk toasty ones they've been dealing with. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Vince pronounces Tony Roy as Tony Roy. Tony Roy. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, uh, before the match starts, Iron Sheik, Bob Backlund, and Sultan appear on the ramp. Uh, they vow that Sultan will be the Intercontinental Champion of Mania. Backlund calls Rocky Mr. Johnson and rants about taking the belt and putting morality back into the people. Uh, Roy attacks as Backlund's yelling. Rocky rallies back, gets the swinging DDT, and finishes with a high cross body. Sultan attacks after the bell. Rocky fights him off. He nails Iron Sheik and Backlund. He turns, and we see Tony Atlas in the crowd. And uh, he dabs up old Tony, and Tony joins him out on the ramp. Uh, squash shitty. I don't I don't think Sultan looked like much of a threat. Rocky fought him off pretty easily. 
um, and the attack. Backlund, of course, is always a highlight, ranting and raving out on the fucking stage. Um, he should just do that for all squash matches. I went a quarter of a star, and I guess we'll see if Tony Atlas goes anywhere. Obviously, he's a former tag team partner of Maivia's dad, Rocky Johnson, so that's the tie-in there. So it looks like they're potentially... I don't know if Dave has anything on this, but it looks like they're potentially bringing him in for some sort of storyline with Rocky. Yeah, I'll I'll check that. The I I you know this this is kind of gets into what we we're talking about with the ankle. Like to me, this felt like it came out of every, any uh, you know nowhere. Where like now the Sultan's defending. I don't think we've seen much of the Sultan to get why he's getting an IC title shot at Mania. It's right. up you know him Backlund and Sheik or like the first one out of the curtain and basically say we're gonna do it. Um, and then they rush down. Um. As a match, it was a squash uh, half star, I think, just for the squash. The stuff with Tony Atlas. Uh, it's kind of interesting they're doing it around this time frame with the, you know, the uh, Beyond the Mat. Like, I guess that was, what, about a year after this? Or what? when was that? Yeah, but that's not – Tony's not in that. He's in um, He's in the MTV. Oh, yeah, the, the MTV real life. Okay. Which so is that, later. That's, that's like 2000. Years. Okay, okay. So yeah, we're 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 still in, I guess, decent. Uh, we're a little while away from the telephone. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like two thousand. Yeah, true. Um, life, I'm a pro wrestler, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in that. Yeah, I'm curious. We'll track it as a potential dropped angle because I'm I'm curious how long it, he hangs around. Um, I wonder if they were pre- planning to bring him back to wrestle. Like, was he going to turn heel and feud with Rocky? Like, I think there's a chance they were going to do that. Uh, unless he was just going to be Rocky's manager or something like a Jose Lothario kind of scenario. But it felt to me like it was going to build our Tony being jealous and turning on him. Like that's what it seemed like they're possibly were set up. Yeah. All Dave has in his rundown is the oppression was given Atlas would be in my VS corner to counteract Backlund and Iron Cheek. So. Yeah, so, we'll so maybe it was originally planned to be a mania thing. And then they were going to do something beyond that after. Right. Cause I, I do think he hangs around for at least a week or two after mania. So, um, I mean, it's possible, too. Like, Rocky obviously gets injured sooner than later, so maybe that's why he gets dropped. We'll just see how long he's around. All right, we got our PlayStation Cool Border Slam of the Week. It's Ahmed Johnson destroying Leaf Cassidy on Shotgun. And then we head to the ring for uh, some Lucha action as Heavy Metal, Pentagon, and Pierrot take on Hector Garza, Latin Lover, and Octagon. Uh, King is already cracking his jokes. So it looks like, you know... I think you always think of like the AAA stuff maybe ending around the Rumble. Like they had showed up in December, did a little stuff on Raw. They were in the Rumble. I think, again, this little early era of Raw's war, I think, has some forgotten stuff that historically you don't really think of. The squashes, um, maybe the Tony Atlas thing or not, I don't know. But then like these guys still being around for a little bit, um, that they were trying to leverage the AAA guys to offset with the Lucha stuff on Nitro was going on. So. Right. Um, you know, they're kind of pulling a page out of their playbook, right? Big six man here. Um, Garza and Heavy Metal start off working on the map. Vince King and JR talk about everything but the match. <laughs> so we get going. Vince says, tonight's debate between Paulie and King will rival D- Douglas Lincoln. And Ross says, maybe more like Nixon JFK. Piroth chops away a lover. King talks about interleague play and asks why, if that's why Vince and JR are bringing in AAA and ECW. Lover kicks Piroth down. We reset with Pentagon and Octagon. Crowd is not really into this one. No. Uh, Pentagon and Octagon pick up the pace. Penta quickly tags, tar- tags into Garza. In comes Heavy Metal as well. Metal gets a back elbow. They run through some counters. Metal ends up on the floor. We have the old school stairs, like you mentioned. It's not even the steel stairs. It's like the yes, old, the, the blue steps. ones. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> it's an odd choice. Uh, we pan to the crowd and we see, I, I think she's still unnamed, right? The Triple H's uh, or Hunter Helmsley's bionic woman. Bionic uh, woman is what they went through. Uh, Dave, Dave had a note on that too. Uh, where it, it was pretty humorous. I uh, read it in um, Donald Trump's voice, the way he writes it. But like, very big, very big. Uh, he basically said, never seen a woman like this. Uh, it may be on the week I exed out, but basically it was like Joni Laura, the you know the bodybuilder that's been hanging around with Triple H will be uh, will come as valet and will be going by the ring name China, spelled just like the country C H I N A. And and uh, apparently on the uh, house shows, that's mm-hmm. what she was being billed as around the it's time. China already. Okay, well, they started they started to drop the name. Okay. All right, so she is out there. She's talking to security, kind of creating a stir. The crowd is losing interest. The bionic woman gets escorted out rather roughly by security. Yeah, uh, for sure. We go to break. We come back. The crowd is restless. Heavy Metal's working guards is back. Puroth ends up in the ring with Latin Lover. This crawls around slowly. Vince says the bionic woman's been arrested. Lover <laughs> gets a powerbomb. Again, we're moving slowly. Brian Pillman joins us. Haven't seen him in a while. Uh, uh-huh. Inset interview. He promises to be back soon. It says he'll be on Shotgun. Uh, which will air at midnight when the censors are censors are asleep and he can say and do whatever he wants. So always good to see the pill back in action here. But yeah. looks like he'll be doing color color work on Shotgun, which is out of the bars now. Shotgun is being taped yeah. uh, along with Raw in the arena, so we're we're done with that experiment. Very neutered, yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just now just another weekend show. Uh, yeah. But I guess Pillman's like an interesting draw. If you want to try and get eyes to say it's a midnight, like what will Pillman say this week kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that after the sunny thing, it's kind of like a little bit of the Robin Hood yeah. effect where it's like, all right, you already promised like sunny sex tape. <laughs> right. We had her and Elma. Elma. So, yeah. uh, Octagon is a tope into the group. Gars that barrels into him with a corkscrew dive and back inside heavy metal rolls up Latin lover for the win. Uh, this definitely backfired. <laughs> like, like if you want to use these guys, I'm all for it. That's cool. Um, but keep it tight and let them fly. Like this was grounded, it dragged on. They use yeah. this as a backdrop for Bionic Woman. The crowd is checked out. Like, do that during the squash instead of this. The pacing was awkward. It was slow and clunky. Um, so maybe instead of a six man, they should have picked the two best guys to just let them fly. Uh, but if you're trying to introduce this new hot environment. Where like anything can happen, you could have guys flying into the crowd down the ramp. Like having this six guys, just because they're from Mexico and they're luchadors. Yeah. If you're working the grounded arm bars and rolling on the ground, it's like you're not going to get over. So I went two and a quarter because there's stuff in there, but it was just a bad approach for a good idea. Yeah, they they just they didn't they didn't know what to do, and for all his qualms uh, that you can make with like Mike Tanay, he was somebody that could come in there. And sound, you know, knowledgeable, and at least had, you know, like a a a decent understanding and seen some of these wrestlers before. Um, You know, having like Pentagon and Octagon on opposite sides is like, (laughs) how do you differentiate it? To you know, you're not getting any flavor on the guys' personality. Their moves aren't that dynamic. Um, We we have Garza's little corkscrew dive. but beyond that, it's it's just it's 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 a rough go. I mean, I think it's mostly the people they picked and just yeah. the position they were put in. Like Piroff, you know, he he could he could be like your ground guy if you want him to have a 
real high flying match, he can be your base. But you know, if, if you think like high flying, Piroth is not coming to mind. So he, he shouldn't. Be no, if it. you were to stack rank all the Lucha guys on a Nitro with these, like they're at the bottom. <laughs> like yeah. Nitro has at least five or six guys that you rank above all these dudes. Um, so it's tough. It's a tough spot for them to be in. Again, I, I would have started. I might have started with this and just picked the two fastest guys and said, go, you get six minutes and like use the whole area around you. Like go out into the ramp, fly out there, use the stairs, like, you know, and say, this is like the war zone. Look what's going on. Yeah. The, the, the nature of triple R around this time too, was so like brawl heavy too. Like it was angle and brawl heavy and just the way they're being, they're going to be promoted on WWF doesn't really like, tuned to that too so so i don't they the, as far as working a tv style for them they're not accustomed to that that would be a challenge for them yeah i mean yeah i mean i agree i'd probably just give like hector garza an octagon or somebody like that a few minutes to see what yeah. happens uh but what we got was decent i would say best i went two stars it was okay all right we got a wrestlemania ad we're back to the ring as ahmed johnson is taking on old friend roy raymond new england legend Indie star Not Pierre raw, the Mountie. <laughs> Not Roy. I mean, that's why they did it differently. Yeah. Um, but there is Roy Raymond, and he sometimes went by Raymond Roy. Uh, so they used to flip it around. Again, locally here at this time, he was Pierre the Mountie, <laughs> and he was the NEWA champion. Right. Uh, and he used to show up at all the events at the at the then Providence Civic Center, and he'd walk around the crowd, glide handing, taking pic. I got a picture with him from some show. Um, but yeah, you know, he oh, definitely he'd played up, up at the WWF house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he'd work the crowd like he was, yeah. you know, local star or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but he, uh, yeah. I, I got it on tape somewhere. It was a big match. It brought a warlord to NEWA, and he challenged Ray, uh, Pierre the Mountie for, for the championship. <laughs> it was on public access. Love it. So he's big in New England. Uh, Ahmed is jacked up. He is. He's big. Yeah. Uh, Ross says that big Johnson weighs three hundred and five pounds. <laughs> Uh, Ahmed is fired up. He attacks Roy at the bell. The nation music hits. PG-13 wraps out. Ahmed is pissed. He makes really quick work of Raymond Roy, Roy Raymond after that, uh, including violently throwing him for the ring. It's a really violent throw. Uh, he finishes with the Pearl River Plunge. And again, they're definitely using the new set to vary the presentation, like having them standing out on the on the stage um, versus having to come down to ringside or being in the aisle, like lets everyone see them. So they're definitely using that stage um, a lot early on. So I went a half a star for the squash. We'll get into the promo in a second. What did you think of the match? Yeah, half a star. The uh, only other note is what you talked about with the aesthetic of having the, uh, like the nation's entrance, you had to by any means necessary kind of over the graphic. And then with Farouk and everyone up there, it wasn't posing because you're on an elevated stage. So now they're they're basically eye level with the ring. Um, and it just it just works like the camera angles mm-hmm. on that worked well uh, when you saw kind of the back of Ahmed looking yeah. on the whole nation. Yep. All right, Farouk grabs the mic. He rants about growing up in the streets. Calls Ahmed and Uncle Tom. Says he'll wreck him in Chicago when the people let him down. Ahmed will show up stupid and alone as usual, and he'll have the whole nation, and it'll be gangsta style. Mm-hmm. Ahmed calls Farouk an overdressed charcoal colored punk. And says he isn't scared of Farouk, the piece of trash and jailbird. They have a nation, but he went out and found the two baddest, meanest, nastiest men he could find. And he's going to bring the whole city of Chicago with him. And with that, the Legion of Doom's music fires up to a big pop. They come out through the crowd. They hug Ahmed. JR gets to the ring. We get a loud LOD chant. Hawk says the gang is all here. 
and ready and says there'll be a sweaty fly colored pile of raw sweat socks after mania animal hypes up the power of the fans and issues a warning for what will now be a six man Chicago street fight at mania. Ahmed said they're all turned white and scared because everyone in the world will watch mania and know the nation is going down. I like this a lot. Um, mm. I think this amped up mania quite a bit. This confirms that LOD staying around. I don't think we knew yet after that, if that was a one night special thing at the Manhattan center, um, this confirms that they're going to be on the, sh- at least at mania. Um, Having them in Chicago makes sense. And this is a smart idea because Ahmed and Farouk, yes, the, the Rumble match was fine. There's a likely chance that would be a sloppy mess. So having LOD in there to like really amp up the craziness and like having all six guys around the ringside will add to the, the violence and the gang feel to it. So I think this is a good call at a media level, and I thought this is a pretty good segment. Yeah, I, I, I like it. A lot from a conception standpoint. I think from an execution standpoint, it, it was fine. Um, this does go into kind of some of the growing pains on the new set and everything because when LOD is coming out of the crowd, the, the camera actually had some troubles like finding them. Like you're mm-hmm. basically just like seeing yeah. this guy cheering and some signs and then, then they get in. Um, and I thought that was good. Uh, I, I like that part. I, I thought the uh, after that with the promo and them talking and whatever was not necessarily needed. It was standard, it was standard Road Warriors. Was, it wasn't as good as what they did with Kevin, though, um, the prior. So so I like that. Right. They, they, they were more focused. And then Farouk's just kind of staring at him like, okay. <laughs> so, so that was, that was a little <laughs> odd, but I, I definitely think like adding them to Ahmed Stable – one doesn't make him look like a chump where, you know, up to this point, you could say like, hey, like Farouk kind of has a point. Like Ahmed literally mm-hmm. has no friends. And even some people that were his allies like Sabio are joining Farouk. Um, right. So so this this helps in that regard. And it, it gives some juice to the uh, match overall. So it's good. Yeah, I think just putting LOD in Chicago in the match is like enough. <laughs> Smart yeah. enough. Um, all right. We go right back to the ring. Our tag team champions are here. The British Bulldog and Owen Hart taking on the new Blackjacks. Vince says uh, La Femme Nikita is a babe. And of course, that'll be airing after Raw. Yeah, somebody had a sign that <laughs> very excited to let us know. JR costs Bulldog and Owen to the ramp. He congratulates some of their great match in Germany. Bulldog on his win. Owen, of course, cuts him off and says he wants to talk about their match tonight. And he's not jealous. We get clips from last week and then we get right into things. It's a big match for the Blackjacks. It's a non title shot at the champs. Uh, Widom says that this is a title match. They'd be the new champions. Bradshaw says Owen's been living off a of bulldog for a while, and Owen has purdy lips. Very odd approach for these guys. Owen and Bulldog attack off the shit talking in the clean house. Bradshaw and Owen fight outside as Bulldog beats on Wyndham in the ring. The brawl continues with all four throwing down until the blackjacks get cleared out. We reset with Bradshaw beating on Bulldog with strikes. We get an inset promo from Mankind Vader and Paul Barra issuing a warning for Mania. They'll be challenging for the tag team titles. Bulldog comes back and works Wyndham's arm until Bradshaw tags in, gets to work on the back. Bulldog leapfrogs to a tag. Owen's in. He clubs away at Wyndham, but he gets trapped in the Blackjack's double team. Ross hypes the hotline about recruiting and some Sable news. The Blackjacks continue to double team and batter Owen with strikes as we go to a break. Full metal ad. We come back. Wyndham hits a nice clothesline on Bulldog for two. Vince says during the break, they found out that Brett the Hitman Hart will face Psycho Sid for the world title next week inside of a steel cage. We get an inset promo from Taz, who says mm. his boss hires extreme athletes, while Vince hires a comedian to tell jokes. 
Taz will give King the opportunity to say things to his face tonight. Bulldog blocks a superplex, makes a tag. King gets in some short jokes about Taz. Owen cuts through both challengers, gets two on a missile drop kick. Bulldog knocks Wyndham to the floor. Bradshaw slugs away. Uh, Owen hooks the sharpshooter. Bulldog works over Wyndham, knocks down the ref, and then Wyndham hits Owen from behind, and the Blackjacks, Blackjacks end up getting disqualified. Uh, that's a little bland. Uh, the Blackjacks at least add variance to the division. They look okay in spurts as they're building the chemistry. I like this as a use of Wyndham. It's better than the Stalker, at least. Uh, Owen had all sorts of energy. I thought he popped the most in the ring. I think he's on a little bit of a, a hot streak here overall. He seems pretty motivated uh, since Final Four-ish time. Uh, the finish, again, is whatever. I mean, I guess you want to protect the Blackjacks a little bit early on. So I went two and a quarter. And uh, this tag title match of Mania is another weird thrown-together one. It's got a little bit of a story to it, but it's more about Mankind and Vader working together than, like, them feuding with both. And actually, it's both sides. Both right? sides. Can together. they? Yeah. Yeah, can they work together? Uh, you know, it's it's pretty well known because of Mick Foley's book that the original plan was a, was Mankind versus Vader in a like exploding death match or whatever. Um, and uh, if it, you know, I, I assume he's true. It's true. But he, uh, they said they ended up deciding against doing that at mania, uh, due to potential problems and end up doing what this tag match has said. He also said at one point he was slated to face Mero at mania yeah. uh, before Mero got hurt. So those are kind of the two original plans. I always thought Mero and Rocky was kind of the plan. So I don't know what was what, but maybe, yeah, um, yeah. I, I only went two stars on this. I, I thought this was kind of our one holdover from the uh, Raw of a past era, where I didn't think this was a very uh, high motivated match, probably as much as it should be, given the four in ring competitors. And uh, thought the finish was kind of dumb because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, well, you have the tag champions in here. But again, this is almost like the Furnace and LaFon thing, where like if they keep right. losing and they're brand new, like, well, I guess they're not very credible because, and, yeah. and, and, and Owen and Bulldog were more cohesive here. So it wasn't as bad as what we saw with Furnace and, who, by the way, they've disappeared. They've fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, so, 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 so nice knowing you. Um, but, uh, but, um, it's not as bad because because Bulldog and Owen are a little bit together, so it's like mm-hmm. all right, like if they can stay on the same page, they're a formidable team. But but still, it's like there's kind of some animosity there, um, and you're you're losing even if it's by DQ. It, it right. just overall, this was I don't know. It was it was a little generic, <laughs> and I, I didn't think it did any. It didn't really help anything. I, I think we could have just done honestly the uh, like a some sort of segment with Vader, Mankind versus right versus Owen Bulldog. And well, that. and we talked about this last week too. Like, I think they're going to struggle a little bit early here on how to present competitive matches with stars and not yeah. keep relying on cheap finishes. So, right. again, like Blackjacks, they want to put yep. them in big matches, but now yep. this is two two weeks in a row or two out of three, right, where they have yep. like a stupid finish right they yep. them and the headbangers two weeks ago so yep yeah yeah not not they're, they're kind of presenting the moments as like just brawlers that want to fight and don't care it's kind of how they but they're not saying it but they're kind no. of acting that way like they don't they're just out there to fight you know so that's but they're not really talking it that way yeah all right we got a slammy's ad airs march 21st at 11 p.m on usa it's going to be up against ring of honor it's the, the, the slammy's yeah, what do you think they're running up against? Uh, Battleground or MLW? Slammies? Slammies. Slammies. Thank you. Slammies. Slammies. 
Got it. Up against up against some big competition. WrestleMania weekend. Uh, Taz and Bill Alfonso are out there barking at the king. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets up and they end up tied up and scrapping. Sabu shows up in the ring. He tries to triple jump somersault senton, but they both <laughs> they both move and he flies through a table. Uh, the ECW wrestlers pour out and back Taz off. Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, and Paul all check on Sabu while King is hamming it up. So teasing for later. Um, you know, they get ECW here. Might as well use them a little bit. So oh, this is fine. Uh, kind of made Sabu look like a little bit of a fool. <laughs> yeah. He's it's not really off brand, though. Yeah. No, him him going through the table I thought was pretty – actually more extreme than anything we saw because they didn't yeah. have the best angle of him diving off the raw letters. Um, right. There's a little bit of a logic breach where all of a sudden the ring timekeeper table's right there where it was, which it never right. is. That's kind of that public enemy thing we've talked about before. Where it's yeah. like, oh, here we go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it looked cool as a spot. And then to have Sandman be the voice of reason was pretty funny. <laughs> all right, let's cool. calm down. It's like cooler heads provide. Oh, yeah, always, <laughs> always level-headed. That's what he's known for. Yes. All right, uh, to the ring we go is Leaf Cassidy is here to take on Miguel Perez. Oh, uh, Ross rips King for his actions against her guests. We settle back down. Perez is out for his debut. Vince talks very wistfully about Miguel's dad. Uh, King keeps ranting about ECW uh, and then about Perez. He says he's jealous of Savio Vega. We start some counters into Perez working the arm. Leaf tries to come back. Perez has a drop kick. Paul E. joins from backstage. Vince tells him to constrain his constituents. Paul snaps. He tells Vince to control his comedian and that there's no more games and no interpromotional cooperation. Forget Pulley Dangerously. It's going to be Paul Heyman and Jerry Lawler. King should bring all his friends because Paul is going to have his extreme friends and King will see it up close. Leaf takes control during that missive. Ross says King started all this. Leaf slowly works through some offense, cutting a comeback, uh, cutting off a comeback. Perez counters a powerbomb, gets a victory roll for the win. Uh, Perez is very clunky. Yeah, not much uh, showing off here. You and Leaf is—he looks completely checked out. Like instead of working to get guys over, which I think was what they're trying to use him for, is like a little bit of a thermometer, right, for guys or a barometer, mm-hmm. whatever you want to go with. Um, I think I, I think he just seems uninterested. His offense is very boring. He seems like it's a guy that's that's ready to go any day now. Uh, so I went start and a half, but again, this is really just like Perez was not interesting in any way at all. Yeah, this this was kind of another match too, where again, like you're you're debuting Perez, so you may think like the shine's mm-hmm. hypothetically going to be on him, but because we're cutting to the backstage mm-hmm. and we're dealing with a lot of turmoil with the announcers themselves, it's like it's it the match takes a backseat. Yeah. So, uh, it you know which the way the match was worked might be a good thing, but I don't, I don't think that was the that should have been the approach, but. Yeah, we talked about Leaf. I mean, Leaf, Leaf's rough. I'm I'm ready for kind of snow to go away, and then it's going to be we'll, soon, right? Because I think yeah. he's in ECW by like by May or something. Yeah, we'll we'll see when he comes back how how these uh, 98 stuff holds up better here, which I, I think it will. But um, he he's he's been pretty rough in this new Rockers era because I agree. I think they think of him as like this great like carpenter that they can mm-hmm. give like a shine on some of these newer guys. Yeah. But I mean, even we talked about it with like the real like showcase matches, like versus Flash Font. They're they're not hitting mm-hmm. like a, a great level. They're they're him and Marrow, yeah, him and yeah. Flash. Like yeah, he's just whatever reason it's not clicking for him. But. Perez always grosses me out with the back hair. I don't <laughs> I don't know why. I, I can't. I mean, there's just so much. There's he so makes much. Rotello look smooth. 
<laughs> but yeah, I've never never really been a Perez guy. I, I know we talked about it with his debut. His debut on the uh, Manhattan Center Raw wasn't very good. This wasn't a very good follow up. Well, I think he's almost. I don't think we see him again now for a bit, a while, I, maybe yeah. once more. But well, not too long because the group he's going to be in debuts in like I, July, I think June, in I think, yeah, and and a and a lot of the kind of internet circles I run with. He, I, I wouldn't say he's as highly regarded as someone like Savio, but. You know, as I mentioned with Savio, like I, I seem to be lower on I know I'm lower on Savio than a lot of people uh, that I usually align pretty closely with and Miguel I'd put in the same bucket. It a lot of it's the port the Puerto Rico uh style and just from what I've watched of the territory stuff in the late eighties, it, it just hasn't resonated with me as much as almost any other territory. It's, it's kind of up there with central States for me. Um, right. It's kind of the mindless brawling uh, hasn't really connected. So. All right. Sid is backstage. He rants about tonight's match. He talks about Brett's title shot next week as well. We then go to hour two. So we get the open again, we get the pyro mm-hmm. again. So they kind of doing the hard reset. You know, we know later, like, it'll come out that uh, Nitro didn't, I don't know if Nitro did the same thing, but WDF did this to, to split the show for ratings. Right, right. So they could have the top two shows. Right? Yeah, number one, number two, yeah. Right, if Raw's War and then the War Zone is our two. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Jim Ross is in the ring. He's got Ken Shamrock with him. He hypes up WrestleMania 13. He confirms that Shamrock is going to be the special guest referee for the submission match between Bret Hart and Steve Austin. If Bret wins next week, that could now be a world title match. Shamrock says hi to the fans, says it's great to be in the WF, and it's an honor that Vince, I always love with a random guest, like but mention Vince as the owner, uh, that Vince has asked him to be the referee at WrestleMania because nobody knows submissions better. He'll be fair, whether it's Austin or Brett like it, doesn't matter to him. Steve Austin cuts off Shamrock. He's backstage on the Titan Tron. He says Shamrock should consider it an honor that he doesn't come out and stomp his guts in. He says he doesn't know why Brett gets all these title shots. Which is true. It is BS. And while he's not a Bret Hart fan, he hopes he wins against Sid so he can be facing the world champion of Mania. Shamrock can stand there with your stupid look on your face and know that Austin should be champion. Bret can bring his little sharpshooter to WrestleMania, and Austin's never submitted in his life, and he's not going to do it now. At Mania, Bret doesn't know what Austin is coming. But what the bottom line is, after he makes Bret say, I quit, he may knock out Shamrock's lights as well. Shamrock says fighting is his life and he doesn't have tights, but Austin says he'll fight him in his underwear if he had to. Shamrock <laughs> challenges him to come down. Austin's ranting, but Bret Hart comes out. Bret says it's a great feeling to win the title a fourth time, but it was ripped off and no one did anything about it. People hold up signs that Bret's crying again, but as he's crying, if he is crying, it has to do with the lack of justice. He's been screaming at Gorilla Monsoon and crying for so long that he finally got credit and gets a world title cage match next week. Vince says they'll be in Syracuse for Raw next week. Brett says he feels sorry for Undertaker having his hopes up, but Austin will get the lucky break because he's going to get the WrestleMania title shot. 13 is an unlucky number. No one knows submission wrestling like him. Brett tells him to bring everything he's got. Nobody wants to fight more than him, and he promises Austin will ever be sorry that they crossed paths. Brett says he's been screwed by everyone from Sean to Psycho Sid to (laughs) Steve Austin to the referees to Gorilla to Vince. But as for Ken Shamrock, he likes him. They're cool. But if he's been screwed by everyone, and if Shamrock tries, it'll be the biggest mistake he makes. Shamrock says he's no marriage counselor. He's not here to listen to his problems. He's only here to ensure the rules will be fair, and he'll raise the hand of the winner. Austin comes out of the ramp. He barks at Brett, but then leaves, and that's that. Um, oh, this is pretty good. It gave a hard hype to Mania. Keeps them apart. They've already touched a lot. 
Uh, it sets up Shamrock as a player. It sets up the hype for next week. Now we know that Austin is going to kind of be almost either on the verge of helping Brett or at least rooting for him. We can assume Taker and Sid will be in the same position. We're leveraging, again, the Titantron, the set, the ramp, like all that's in play. Sets up Shamrock as a legitimized referee. Um, and it lets everyone know that Brett basically doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks and he just wants to build. So I thought they accomplished a lot here and they did it in a way that gets over the new new look as well. Yeah, I think they did good on um, on this and having an engagement, engaging segment without Brett and Austin going after each other, um, as, as well as setting up Shamrock. Because, I mean, again, coming from the UFC, I mean, I didn't have any idea who Shamrock was. Um, so I, I know, I know, I mean, I was younger, I wasn't watching UFC, but UFC was still very primitive, like in a lot, you know, going through legal, you know, regulation, legalization, whatever with the states. Um, so, so it was good, I think, to present Shamrock here that now he signed with the company. This was much better than what they did at the Manhattan Center, where he's in a big time segment with these two big stars. He kind of, you know, can pick his spots, lay out when they're going after each other. Um, and, and overall, it, it was good. I mean, this is nothing that, like, when you think about this feud, just like, oh, yeah, I remember that great angle. Um, but but it's 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 a good kind of chapter in the story, too. So it was good. Muted. You're right. We get a plug for the Slammy Awards yet again. Honky Talk Man is out, your favorite. Uh, he says, it's been a long time since I played Wooster. And he's ready to sing tonight. He didn't get the reception he deserved last what time. What did that though. mean, by the way? What? A long time he played it. I mean, was that uh, he was just saying that? Like, Wooster's a, Wooster's a hotbed for honky tonk music. I think it's just like things bands say, like, "Oh, it's been a long time since we played whatever." So I think he's just trying okay. to play off like it's a big star that hasn't been a Wooster for a while. Honky sucks. <laughs> when he finally said to hear, like, I'm almost ready to select. And then with who came out, I was like, thank God. Like, we are yeah. finally. Because, I mean, with a four-man booth, it's real crowded, too. But go it ahead. is. Yeah. All right. Uh, so he's not going to sing because he didn't get the reception he deserved. Uh, brings us to our match. That's Billy Gunn taking on Aldo Montoya, still hanging around. Surprise. I don't think anyone, I would have never guessed it all. Yeah, right I'll, I'll check the last time we saw him. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. And again, I, he's in ECW by like, I want to say October-ish. Um, so he's got, I don't know if he sticks around till then or if he goes away for a bit, but yeah. uh, Billy Gunn is randomly back. Here he is. I guess he's okay. <laughs> Vince <laughs> says he's back from his neck injury. Uh, he says it was a stinger. He's got a black hat and outfit. Honky gets to the booth. He's all fired up about his big search. Billy takes over, targets the back, stomps away. Vince says Hunter Helmsley has returned from uh, jail, I guess, oh. with uh, the bionic woman. Aldo gets a sunset flip. Billy takes over the clothesline. Ross plugs the upcoming shows in Louisville, Maryland, Madison Square Garden, and then Raw in Syracuse. Aldo gets a drop kick and some chops. Billy kicks him down, gets an on-bar DDT. Hockey's ranting. We get a Sonny promo who says undercover with Sonny will happen on Shotgun to get all the latest gossip. Billy wins easily with a top rope leg drop, and poor Aldo eats another squash. I went one star, just a squash for Billy. A lot going on again with Honky, the plugs for the shows, Sonny. Yeah. Like they're they're getting a lot moving here. <laughs> yeah, I thought this match this match blew. Um, mm -hmm. It was it wasn't very good. 
Uh, too too much going on. Not very good action. I want to start too. So he was in that tag versus the Headbangers. He teamed with Holly on Raw uh, Thursday, Raw Thursday, which I forgot about. Nice. We hadn't seen him before then on on Raw since October, and uh, I guess we can eulogize Mister Credible because this is it as far as Raw is concerned. And then, as we know, he'll be in. Uh, ECW to the bitter end, and then uh, we'll see one of the guys. Uh, no, 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 that was just WCW. I don't so, think yeah, he shows not... up until like April or May when X Factor starts up. All right. right, yeah. So, so not even, not even one of the guys in the press box at WrestleMania X Seven. If we, yeah, he's done for us. If you, if you want to hear all about Justin Incredible <laughs> between now and WrestleMania, check out Extreme Throughway Dance every every other Thursday here. Myself, Jenny Smith, and Matt Souza going through ECW. We're at early 99, so we're, like, really into the credible push right now. Um, but, yeah, if you want to hear what he did in the in the interim, sign up sign up, and listen up there. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, between Sonny, Honky Tonk Man, just a lot of a lot of mouths to feed in, like, a 30-minute match. We're paying off the years of nothing happening overall with a lot, a lot happening at once. Uh, Mankind is backstage, is cradling the urn with Uncle Paul. Issues another warning for the main event. Says he doesn't need the urn or mommy. The WF wants us to believe he crawled out of a boiler room, but he really spent his whole adult life in preparation for tonight, and he has the scars to prove it. But the real story is that Mankind and Vader are a team. Uh, I think it's a pretty good step for Mankind, I guess. Yeah, for like a throwaway Mankind uh, promo, it was good. Uh, He's actually been on the come up a little bit, actually. Uh, You know, he had the the match I really liked versus Sid last week. Um, which unfortunately did really bad in the ratings when I looked today, but you know, <laughs> was, I think it was a Germany thing. It well, um, it went up. It went up against that atrocious Piper segment, which uh, actually grew. Which, which is, yeah, that's what Dave said. Dad said it was so bad that people were like either shocked or actually went away to see how bad it was. Which maybe, um, but mankind too. He's been hot since that um, the Taker False County Wear deal on Raw. Remember that was really yeah. good. He's kind of yeah. turned it on since then. Yeah. It's a good promo. All right. Back to the ring we go as Tim McNeeny is on uh, the premises to take on Goldust. Uh, Goldust is in the ring with Marlena. Ross reminds us that Goldust will battle Helmsley at Mania. Hunter and the Amazon uh, bionic woman show up on the ramp. McNeeny lands some punches but drops his head and Goldust cuts him down. Vince says something fishy is going on. She was arrested earlier and kind of pieces together that Hunter has bailed her out. If you remember, we're still not like officially committing to the fact they're like a pair, but now this all but confirms it on the Hunter bail. They're out yeah. of jail. Yeah. And Goldust finishes with the curtain call. So quarter of a star. Um, what do you think of the match here before we get to the, another half yeah. star and easy squash. Um, only thing I'll say is, yeah, they, they seem confused as to how, uh, China would be out there mm-hmm. and, and, and King of all people kind of connects the dots and says, well, obviously he like bailed her out because he has enough yeah. money and here they are. He's with her. <laughs> All right. So she saunters to the ring. Honky and King are hyping her up. Goldust protects Marlena. Hunter attacks him off the top rope from behind him and the Amazon stomp down Goldust. Marlena jumps on her back. She tries to choke the bionic woman out. Hunter steps out of the ring. Officials flood and pull Marlena off to break things up. Amazon knocks down Pat Patterson. Marlena slaps her showing a little fire. The Amazon picks up Harvey Whippleman, chucks him into the other referees, and then things finally slow down as Hunter pulls her away. I like this. I thought it was really good. I mean, we'll see. Like, I think they do a fantastic job with her um, out of the gate in, in these early months, and this is another piece of that. Her slugging Patterson and being like, 
unstoppable and Marlena doing whatever she can to choke her out. Uh, to me, that aspect of this feud is way hotter than anything we get out in the in the ring between Goldust and Elmsley. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that that's the only critique I have, and I mentioned it on our last episode. Is the feud between Hemsley and Hunter is just not there. It's it's really all about Marlena and China. Uh, in contrast, it's it's easy to contrast to what's going on with the Benoit Sullivan stuff because at least with Benoit and Sullivan, right. like the men portion can kind of handle their own as yeah. well. And then the stuff with Jackie and Woman's nice. Uh, but yeah, Harvey was fearing for his life. He gets completely chunked onto <laughs> the other guys, falls like face first on the mat. Uh, her slugging Patterson was pretty hilarious. Uh, mm. Then you have a neat moment where. Uh, Dave Ebner is in like his street clothes and Earl's in his referee outfit. And they're both on the steps, like yelling for, you know, China and Hunter to go away. So it's almost like the bizarro, like the business <laughs> work business, right, pressure, right. You know, like the, or, and Dave is put on pounds too. So, so it, uh, it kind of looked like a, uh, a weight loss, like before and after picture for before <laughs> and way before <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the, uh, it almost seems like you would think they're working toward a mixed tag. It's not a match yeah. we ever get with these four, yeah. but it seems like they're setting something like that up. Yeah, Marlena firing back I thought was good, and I thought it did it in a way that didn't weaken uh, mm -hmm. China, where you know she kind of just slapped her as she was being restrained, and China was ready to go in there. Like, she wasn't backing yeah. down. She had to No, I think they do a fit. She does a great job, and they do a really good job mm -hmm. of booking her early yeah. on here. Yeah, it's been good. So we'll see how that continues. All right, uh, promotional consideration paid for by Castrol and Full Metal, the album. Well, we replay what we just saw, and then it is time for the great debate. The pulpit is in the ring. Jim Ross is ready to moderate. King is on one side. Paul E comes out. He's alone. Ross says, King has posed the question. If ECW should even exist, King won the coin toss and gets to go first. He says the question is whether ECW does exist, that Paul is being seen by more people in one minute right now than he ever has before in his life. Because a rinky-dink ECW is misfits, thugs, and has-beens that couldn't catch on with a legit organization. The ECW stars start to come down and surround the ring now. King says all these guys went to Philly and decided they could beat themselves to oblivion with frying pans and baseball bats, and there were enough morons to come see them. Paul goes to a bingo hall once a month, puts on some charades, they have blood running everywhere, and draw 1,100 idiots. Ross tries to end King's time, but he keeps going. He says when DODF goes to Philly, they put 22,000 in the core stake spectrum. And I love Vince deadpan. Uh, it's actually the core straight center. King keeps going and Paul screams for him to shut the hell up. Paul says, do you putting 22,000 people in the seats? is not a testament to anything Jerry Lawler has ever accomplished. And that ECW has earned the respect of those 1100 people by bleeding, sweating and fighting and busting their ass to give the money's worth. And that is what ECW is about. Paul says, barely legal is now Tommy Sandman and uh, Paul plugs barely legal Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, and Beulah come down the ramp. Honky calls them cronies. It's, it's pretty funny to have Honky in the booth of this team. Yeah. He's such a fucking yeah. clown. Paul says uh, Lawler is right, uh, is right. They are small. And Sandman says, give me the high side. We'll cane his ass. <laughs> King says Paul should be thankful to plug a pay-per-view on Raw. And why Vince allows it, he'll never know. King says 1,100 morons could go watch paint dry in the bingo hall. Paul says if King wants to shoot, they can shoot. And he asked King how he's doing at the seesaws in Louisville and that his uh, own sons don't even call themselves Lawler because they're ashamed of their dad. Paul says 
They earned it. King says he's never earned anything. He's a 35-year-old man that still lives with his parents. His parents finance CCW, and he would be nothing without them. King says Paul's not an athlete. Paul says he hangs with them because they give people their money's worth. And ECW is the Howard Stern of wrestling, and they're hardcore and proud of it. King says he hangs with them because he's light in the loafers. Tommy tells King to get all his guys, and we'll show him how to start a war right now. Tommy breaks the podium. Ross laments, come on. King says they'll get his guys out. Paul holds Tommy back as King calls out his backup for the fight. Of course, no one comes out. Paul says, who you got? Who you got? To King. Sandman is standing guard with the cane waiting for the troops. Paul tells King to take a pick of who he wants. He'll get two free punches. <coughs> Excuse me. King keeps calling for help. Paul tells King to get out of the way, uh, to get out of the ring, or they're going to get him out. King says the ECW guys may do something, but Paul could never. And they bicker until the break. So, again, this is kind of the forgotten ECW segment. And I think I think it depends on your mileage and how you feel about the shoot stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was obviously certainly very fresh in the world of WF this time, not something they ever did before, really. Um, so from that angle, I think it worked well. They bring energy. It's a fresh view. Obviously, Heyman is a fantastic talker. So is King. Um, so they do a good job. Uh, they get some digs in if you're in the know, but they also kept it high level enough to, to not – it's not over everyone's heads that may not understand what a couple of things they're saying. Um, you know, it's, it's obvious that no one's going to come help Lawler. Right. And like, they're all kind of playing into it. Who you got, bring your guys. Right. Obviously he's got no one. Um, I don't know. In a way, I think it makes WF look a little weak to not have anyone come out and like take a stand for WF. Even if they're not there to help Lawler, at least stand up for the, for the company against ECW um, or show them later backstage like chatting with the ECW guys, like, oh, we respect you, right? Like, to me, this puts WF's locker room in a weird position. They're not, like, shown as, like, oh, we like ECW, fuck you, Lawler, or shown as, we got your back, Lawler. There's just no one else there. It's like he's in an empty an alley. It's it's just weird. Yeah. That's my um, only critique. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting to think about. I mean, Lawler is kind of, you know, he sort of, like, took up this torch on his own. So you could say that. Like, have somebody say that, even if it's Vince on commentary. Like, King, you're the one that wanted to stand up to ECW. This isn't an ECW versus WWF thing. It's, you know, it's a Lawler versus ECW thing. Which Yeah, say, like, our locker room respects theirs. They're not going to come fight. They don't want to fight them. They're not here to fight them. They're not paid to fight them. You could even say that. They're not paid to fight. They're only going to do the shit they got to do, and they're going to get paid for. They're not here to get injured two weeks before WrestleMania fighting guys from another company. It's not going to happen, right? Something like that. Yeah, this pretty... I mean, so this pretty much ends our story here, right, with this, or it's more... I mean, there, there's a lot on the ECW, but... We get a little bit. Okay. Um, still, it's not much, but we get the whole um, Mr. Monday Night stuff, where oh, King yeah, bring, right, brings right. him yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. like, in May. So this okay. is it for, like, I think a couple months. Okay. But we also get... Barely Legal happens, like, weeks after this. So right. I think this was really done to hype that. The Mr. Monday Night stuff later is more done for the angle that they're running in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of veiled comments that you hadn't heard about and didn't mm-hmm. know. Like, um, I, I mean, obviously, like the uh, the the, the uh, Doug Gilbert infamous USWA shoot promo where he talks mm-hmm. about Brian Christopher and smoking crack and all that like that that's an infamous one but but here you know paulie talks about it how like waller's kids don't even have his last name um also he also makes a pedophile uh, joke yeah he alludes to the statutory rate case and then uh 
Lawler for his side, you know, he calls uh, he calls Heyman lighting his loafers, which was a, uh, a, a rumor or whatever at the time. And then um, and then about about ECW's financing, which was there. Sure. I was appalled when he asked Paulie his age, and Paulie said he was only thirty one. And I realized I'm like six years older than Paulie in that moment. I was like, Jesus Christ, like. That was a hard 31. He'd lived up to that point because he, he was looking old. But, yeah, I mean, he was still young, like really mm-hmm. young. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, as, as a, as a uh, segment watching it back now, it's probably better to more entertaining for me, like, to see it. Than the Manhattan and, Center one? And to know the inside stuff than when it was going on. I mean, like, in real did you like it better than Did you like it better than the Manhattan Center one? Uh, no, I, I like the Manhattan Center stuff because I think that was more like bottle contained. And I thought it was easier in that one uh, just from a, a, you know, a WWF casual standpoint to get that. Right. OK, like Paulie's coming here. He's trying to promote his show like he's he's the promoter and and they have the hardcore aesthetic or whatever. Like like it almost this is where I think like the change to Raw's War hurts WWF if it is like a WWF versus ECW thing because like they're getting more edgier like they're right, actually right, doing yeah, what yeah. now like Kings rallying against and saying like we don't want right. that we want. All- I think it was a good place to end it. Like I, I mean, yeah. as entertaining as it's been, that it's not going to go full on bore full bore with it. So like this no. was fine. I think doing the two segments, getting to barely legal, and again what they do later actually works better for me um, in a way as well. Mm-hmm. With uh, RVD and all that, so okay. All right, main event time. We have Mankind Invader taking Undertaker and Sid. Uh, Paul Bear and his troops stomp out. Sid is out to a big pop. He gets attacked by Vader and Mankind. Sid fights off both guys. He gets swarmed and choked and punched. Finally, Undertaker comes out. He beats on Vader, knocks him to the floor with a boot. Mankind hits a cactus clothesline. Him and Undertaker tumble to the floor. We reset with Vader beating on Sid. Vince says they get a late start to the match, and he asks USA to bear with them. Vader gets a near fall, keeps smothering Sid, hooks a chin lock. Ross says, we have never gone to WrestleMania with so much up in the air, which I thought, I'm glad they called it out. It's like, this is a tumultuous time. The company's kind of chaotic right now. Mania is going to be chaotic. You just got to trust us that it's mania, right? We don't have a lot of uh, stuff set in stone here two weeks out. Uh, Ross also knows that King did not come back after the debate. Vader cranks on a chin lock. We go to break. We get a karate fighters rewind of uh, Marlena attacking the Amazon earlier. We come back, take our man kind of brawling on the floor. Sid is trying to tag. The corner is empty. Vince says, USA has given them extra time. And Ross says, update your VCRs. I don't know how you can update it if you're out. I mean, obviously, if you're recording the show, you're probably not there. <laughs> Sid gets the tag. He'd take her cleans house on mankind. All four split spill outside. Take her hits Sid by accident. Sid starts going after him. They start to fight. Take her choke slam Sid, flies into Vader and mankind with a tope. Sid tracks down Taker, shoots him back into the ring, nails him with a powerbomb. Sid leaves as Vader covers Taker and wins the match. So, again, Undertaker taking clean loss here on the doorstep of Mania. Sid saves Taker from a Vader bomb, and Taker clears the ring. Bret Hart joins from backstage and vows to become the king of the WF next week. Uh, and that's it. So not much to him as a match. Uh, it was hindered for sure by being crammed in at the end. Uh, yeah. Not as violent as you would hope either. Uh, you know, we saw Taker Mankind recently. We saw Taker Vader. We saw Sid Mankind. We liked them all. This could have hit if they did it in a way that was more of an energetic fight. Um, again, you could have dumped one of the squashes earlier too. get rid of Leaf and Perez, put mm-hmm. that on shotgun <laughs> and, and have this go longer. 
I think could have worked. I like Taker going crazy. But again, this felt more like a segment than a match. Uh, Vader's hot. He's good for Mania. You leave this match thinking that Undertaker's going to win the title and Vader's going to be his number one contender coming off the show. Like That's how I left this right here feeling, uh, for sure. The chaos continued, though. The, the look, the set, the vibe brought everything, all the fresh energy to the promotion. It aids this. I went two stars in the match. Do you think they went long by design um, to show off the new format and the USA is going to give them time, or do you think they really ran late? Yeah, I think I think uh, well, the the debate may have went a little long, but but I think doing an overrun was pretty savvy. Um, we'll get to it with Nitro show. Nitro show ends very weirdly, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they could have done this for just to have like an unopposed overrun. You see it with the ratings breakdown. It, it you know obviously helped because they were running against Robin Hood or whatever, uh, so they got they got a little bump. Uh, on that last quarter hour, which was the total overrun, uh, as the match itself, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I, I do think it was rushed, and I think if given maybe like twelve to fifteen minutes, it could have been really good. Uh, I thought everybody kind of showed energy. It was just a little disjointed in what they wanted to do. Um, felt felt like the pin itself was kind of like an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, hey, like somebody might could get the finish of this. Of match all the matches to do a pin. Like they've done all these fuck finishes yeah, all night, and it's like this is the one you do the pin. Yeah. You pin the number one contender for Mania. Like this should have been the the brawl to off the air with no finish. Right, like right, right. this is the one to do it. <laughs> That's true. Weird. Uh, so yeah, I went to and a quarter. Yeah, I mean, and you can even have Brad Austin come out, just have him fucking fight to the yeah. ring, and all six yeah, start yeah. fighting, and we're out of here. You know, like yeah, I think you could do a big schmoz with everybody, and yeah, uh, this is the one to do it. You know, yep. not earlier. Yep. All right. That's it for Raw. Uh, a lot of time spent there, but uh, let's get to our awards real quick here. So, um, all right. Best match. I had the Blackjacks versus Bulldog. Oh, that one. Yeah. I ended up going with the main event. Okay. Uh, the best moment. I went with the debate. ECW and WF debate. Yeah, I did that as well. Uh, for MVP, I went Heyman and Lawler. I thought they were great in the debate. Uh, I liked Heyman earlier in the night as well. And, and I don't know. I guess Austin and Brett were really good. Like I yeah. see Austin getting it here too. But yeah, I think my uh, honky. My no, no. My uh, my kind of default when in doubt on any of these shows in '97, I'm going with either Austin or Brett, and I'm gonna go with Austin. You don't want to play Wooster again? No. Uh, all right. Uh, no shots fired. Debuts. We had Raw's War. I put that as a debut. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Atlas, Pentagon, and Tim McNeeny. I think we've seen everyone else. Oh, well, they you guys. The, the, the raw, raw, uh, how did he pronounce that? Uh, Tony Wah? Yeah, oh yeah, we saw it back raw. in like 95. We've definitely seen Raymond Roy a bunch. Okay. Those early Raws we covered, they were, all those guys were on a lot right, um, right. when they were doing the squashes. I didn't uh, I w- Tony Raw. Okay. For a grade, I went 6 out of 10. I, I mean, I think it was a very good debut in the new setting. Um, that carried the show a lot. I like that they got creative. They used the setting a lot. The Austin Brett stuff was good. ECW stuff was good. Uh, Shamrock was good. The squashes, we had a couple of bad stuff in there with Perez. So they're really trying to figure out the timing and the format here. We Tony Wah had been on one Raw we've watched, it, comma, beat Tony Wah on 10-23-95. Can you imagine that? That, that is... That has certainly left my it's a mind. Lifetime ago, that is a yeah, lifetime. That, that ago. has certainly left my mind. Uh, yeah, I went five and a half. I, 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 I think this was a show that again, it, like it's it's chaotic. So I, I give it a little bit better than average. Like in ring, it wasn't very good, obviously. 
Uh, but you know, I, I it, it was encouraging if nothing mm-hmm. else. So, so the rating it's itself, more exciting. I, I try to be fair than, yeah, like what's on the horizon. Yeah, it's more exciting than other shit we've seen. It's just they got to figure out the formatics. Mm-hmm. Is what yes. All right, let's uh, head over to Nitro. Also, an amazing, amazingly cool set as we are at Club La Vila. Mm-hmm. But before we get that, though, we open up with Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan in front of the double team movie poster. John Claude Damme, Dennis Rodman. Uh, I've never seen double team of you. Uh, yeah, that's that's one for not uh, that double team. Anyway. A piece of the action coming up. Right. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah, so so the big the big news is Rodman was signed. Um, which yeah. did get some mainstream press. Uh, Robin signed with the company. They don't know what capacity or what, but he's he's going to be around, which is a big a big deal. Right yeah. and, and the rumor is too that they WWF wanted him right, and WCW kind of scooped yeah. him. All right. Yeah. I think they wanted him to be a Goldust at Mania or something like that. You're right, right. So we're uh, we're at Club La Vila at Panama City Beach. We get Pyro on the beach. Um, I go. I can wax nostalgic about Club La Vila for a while, but I have uh, some great memories of uh, underage drinking at the uh, Club La Vila of, of swimming in that pool. Um, it, it it was a great spot. Sadly, it, you know, I, I came around right. I would say right at the tail end of its peak, like two thousand three, two thousand four, when I was seventeen and eighteen. Things were starting to wind down. Um, and then the last few years before it closed, uh, it's been closed for a while now. It, it got really sad. Uh, but, yeah, for a while it was always like late at night, where are you going? We're going to La Vila or Spinnaker was the other one. It was right next door. So you you, you had to hit up La Vila when you did your uh, spring break or summer beach trip as a kid. It was a rite of passage. So great, great time. Uh, the, they used to have it where it was 18 plus in certain rooms and for mm-hmm. certain times, and then it'd be 21 plus. And the key was to try to always uh, procure the armband that you would need. Uh, they did like different colors, like that right. gimmick. And you, yeah, you had to, uh, uh, if, if you got the variety pack at the store of like the pink, blue, whatever, you, you could, you could, you could be covered any, any day of the week. You could say, all right, let me just slap this bad boy on. <laughs> and then you're, then you're in the 21 plus. Section, there you so go. Good to go. Yeah. I mean, it's only a mythical place to me, but I love that WCW runs it. It's in line with like where they did Disney in '96. That yeah. was cool. Um, <laughs> Disney bash at the beach, out on the beach, right? So yeah, I mean, it's it's just again, it shows that they're willing to go out Sturgis. It shows they're willing to go outside the box, do some different locations, some different settings. This it just looks a- cool. Like you can yeah. see the beach. They have this helicopter, which can be annoying when the crowd's quiet because you hear it turning right. around. But but it gives that overhead view where you see the actual beach. You see this you know, luxurious pool that, you know, has that blue color with the mm-hmm. ring in the middle. Like, it, it looks amazing. It's, it's one of the best sets ever, like, settings yeah. ever in wrestling. Yeah, yes. um, it's a completely yeah. cool set. Kudos to them uh, for doing it. And it becomes yeah. a staple. I think they do it till, what, 99? Oh, no, till well, the end, they, right? They're at La Vila till 99, and then 2000, I think they're not even in Panama City. They're in, like, San Padre Island. And, oh, then two, right. okay. and then the last Nitro is in Panama City, but not at La Viva. Okay. Right. Uh, so I think we have three years. But they here. do the spring breakout every year. They do the spring breakout from now to the I mean, really to yeah. the end, the last episodes of 
quasi spring breakout. Uh, so Piper's lame team arrives. Um, I, I don't know when they all became <clears throat> Scottish, like Roddy, because yeah. they're well, all wearing, like kilts and yeah. Uh, that's probably just like a team unity thing. Okay, Piper. they look like extras, extras from Braveheart. <laughs> so losers. Uh, we we start out the same way we've started out the last few weeks with a uh, Mongo Mongo baby and a Jeff Jarrett tag match. Uh, they're facing high energy. High, high voltage, high voltage, yeah. <laughs> not high energy. They're facing uh, Kitty Chaos and Robbie Rage from High Voltage. Uh, so, so I, you know, this was kind of your generic match. I do think with this match, you know, now you laugh, but if Frankie would have came out there and and float around, it would have been great yeah, setting. That'd have been great. Like, yeah. like you know, yeah, yeah. Who's Coco remind you of? Ha ha! Oh, that Axel, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I did think you had more cohesiveness with uh, Jared and Mongo in this match yeah. than you had seen. Um, and they actually pick up the win. So so in the last two weeks, we'd seen mm-hmm. them kind of cost each other with the Halliburton and whatnot. Um, one was on purpose one was kind of ambiguous with Jarrett's return to favor here they stay together uh chaos i thought had a couple good power moves in here and overall i thought this was actually a really solid start i've i've liked these openings with the mongo Jarrett tag team watching them jail so i went two and a quarter here um i thought it was a pretty good match to start things out yeah they're a sneaky little fun team and i voltage has been pretty steady as well well, they've been out there. Um, Tony says this talk of the sports world is Rodman, and he says he's joining the NWO. But Larry says it hasn't confirmed. The NWO hasn't confirmed the rumors yet, so yeah. we're waiting for official NWO conf- confirmation. Um, <laughs> Tony's also very horny for the young ladies. Like, he oh, is yeah, all about these ladies. Yeah, any uh, crowd shots, he's like, like, well, hello. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is ready to rock. Um, yes. He knows that the Horsemen are zero and two as a team, mm-hmm. and that Mongo's got the mark on his eye from the Halliburton. Uh, Larry says, high voltage, if they had some management, they could be diamonds unruffed. Mm. Um, Tony also says the Robin is the lead story of the wires. And on TV, uh, I love to say idea of wires, <laughs> wire stories. Um, we find out Piper's team wins on Sunday. Yes. Piper gets a cage match with Hogan down the road. <laughs> Such a random, random thing, down the road. Yeah, and, uh, the, and, and his team, his family are just kind of, you know. <laughs> right. Whatever they're on the back, they're, right. they're yeah. lucky to even get this match. Uh, I thought this is a good little match. Uh, high voltage a game, obviously. Mongo and Jared are a good team. I went to in a quarter as well. And the setting in the crowd adds to it, yeah. Yeah, the crowd's hot to start mm-hmm. here. Uh, so then we get the big Piper interview. Piper comes out, he says, Spring break was how he got six kids uncensored. So he's uncensored, yeah, that's the worst. Uh, oh, Talks talks about how good the how good the ladies look, um, and then boy, like we we were wanting to know when Roddy really goes off the reservation. It happens quick. We've arrived. Yeah, March third was bad. This is bad. Um, so he talks about like Howard Stern's knocking him uh, about giving some guys some break. I, yeah, I like, would Howard Stern really be ripping Piper? For Nobody that had any clue. Meltzer had no clue. He said that I guess Howard said something on his radio show, but it's not like any of this is archived. So he'd had right. to be listening live, and it's like, 
did word get back to power? I mean, is he just all right? Like, I know it's Star, all weird. Yeah, so this is weird. Maybe uh, Steve Bennett may know. He, he's heard of <laughs> Howard Stern every minute. Yeah, Howard, Stern. Howard Stern is hung like a pimple, uncensored, of course. Uncensored. Larry um, does say, uh, by the way, that uh, Tentus Kilt is like wrestling under the big top, which made me well, laugh. There we go. Uh, Gene also says, when he says hung like a pimple, he says a wild field mouse. So. Uncensored. <laughs> uncensored. Uh, Piper brings up Rodman. He said, first of all, it's a kilt, not a dress, so don't pinch his buns. Uh, he has, uh, Rodman has tattoo parts on him. He has metal parts on me. Uh, and he's just, he's sick of the critics. You know, the WWF, and he named, you know, we hadn't had a shots fired in a while. Roddy gives, from WWF, mm-hmm. Roddy goes full in on, the, on their commentary the yep. week before. Uh, during the Davy Boy Owen match. So he says, you know, the WWF, which does get some booze, you have no hip wrestlers on all. No one hip. No, no one, one hip, hip wrestlers. wrestlers on our pay per views. You're right. You have no one hip on your pay per views because uh, that's why everybody's watching ours. You have no one hip in the company. Uh, he calls WWF a liar when he I'm was there. He beat the dog out of gold dust. He had one hip then. Uh, then he says his team has more guts, uh, and they are beside him because they're his family. Uh, this was funny for what's about to happen in about five minutes, where he says he's not a fair weather friend to walk <laughs> away from them. I was like, "Do you really? I'm not going to walk away due to critics. I won't do I it. These are my family." And then it's like, "All right, see you later." Yeah, he says the critic couldn't <laughs> put a damn diaper on. So, so this, this is bad. We actually did have a "We Won't Flare" chant. Mm-hmm. During some of this, and finally, Flair's music fires up, and the whole horsemen walk out. Um, so Arn Arn starts off first. He says these guys think a lot. I uh, have to thank a lot of him based on the beating they took last week. <laughs> uh, but with all due respect, you have a lot of heart. But this is a job for professionals, not amateurs. We offered our services before. And the NWO has gotten to all of us. A big we won't flare chant at that. Uh, Arns tells us when a burglar breaks into your house, you don't squirt them with a water hose. You smash their head in. Arns says the horsemen are there. They can help pull this thing off. Uh, and then Rick gets the uh, microphone. Hot ride! And <laughs> Flair was very excited to be at spring break in Panama City. Uh, he says we are live in Panama City, brother. When you take a look at the talent in this joint, it's you and me side by side, buddy. <laughs> he came out here to tell him that he has broken the rule he lives by. Never outmatch yourself. Hogan has stacked the deck with his whole gang. Uh, you can do no more on your own. The enforcer is the baddest of them all. They got Rodman. We have an all pro tackle to make Rodman into a basketball and to Hogan, the stupid little man, pointing to himself, wants back in the game and to stand with Hot Rod. And he wants Roddy to take on the horseman. Uh, Roddy's kind of shaking his head. No, 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 no. Flair starts strutting around, throws off his jacket. Uh, Roddy puts the jacket on. And uh, basically, Flair says, are you horsemen or not? Um and then he says, it's not Roddy the icon, Hogan's the con man, which I thought was a pretty cool line. Uh, and uh, Roddy said, you know what? Let's get smart with it. My family will watch my back, uh, but I'll be proud to join the horsemen. 
so so I just wrote here, Piper's family gets cucked very hard. Yeah, here. oh yeah, yeah. They have watched everyone's back. We're not gonna see them again. <laughs> but you know, my family has my back, but see uh, uh Piper shakes hands with them and uh they they're all kind of arm and arm. He actually shakes hands with Mongo. Which was odd. He tries to hold open the ropes for Deborah, which was humorous. Um, I'm so this, tired. <laughs> this is a this is kind of a wild. This is a mm-hmm. wild promo all over the place. Um, a lot of so like Flair here. It's the first time Flair is out here too, saying him and Piper like best friends or whatever. Yeah, like they don't yeah. they haven't really talked about that. Uh, poor Tenta lumped it as an amateur. You feel like this isn't a job for amateurs. Like. <laughs> I know Piper was trying to help him, but it's really made him look a lot worse. You know what I mean? Like, he, they act like he's never was around. And, I mean, this dude, like, basically made invented pay-per-views like a year and a half earlier, you know? And uh, against Savage, he attacked Oh, Like, this dude is, like, a pretty big part of their company for a while. And they act like he's just, like, some some jamoke, you know? It's, it's a weird approach. Larry says NWO is going to be shocked about this. Um, yeah, I mean, and I guess... I, we don't we know it doesn't happen, but were they, was Flair supposed to wrestle at the show? Because they play it no. off like Flair's going to be in the match. No, they uh, Meltzer does have that, that Flair's not going to be back till May. So so he, he, he already knew that. So, But they play I, it off like he's in the match, don't I they, think, here? And it's kind of like he's standing. I think the way he said it was like, me and Arn will have your back. It's not – we'll get to it like – I remember the uncensored show, and I'm really interested to rewatch it. I remember like the main event actually turned out to be very entertaining. Yes, but I'll I'll say the the build to the main event match has been the worst we've seen in the NWO. It's convoluted. It's convoluted. convoluted. Nobody's clear on it. We still don't know what each side wins. The stakes feel very improportionate. Where it's like. From the NWO side, it's like they'll appear on all shows. It's like they already do that. So what's no, the, they can challenge for any title, isn't that the well? No, like here they were saying oh, they that the NWO yet, gets yeah. to appear on all WCW television. It's like they're doing that every week. Yeah. Like what they do we have the total thing about? in? I guess on Sunday. Yeah, but. yeah. The uh, the uh, WCW side is like they get the titles back, and then the NWO has to go away. So that okay. And then again for Piper's case, it's he gets a cage match. Even with his family, you could see like how they put him on a pedestal. But like now, why are the horsemen joining up just so right. Piper gets a cage match? Right. They should want Team WCW to win so they can run the NWO out of it. Exactly. It, it just it, it, it's it's very rough. I, I they they had to get away from Piper's family, so I understand yeah. why they did this. I thought the stuff of Flair was was done, well about as well done as you could. Like he was fired up and made some sense like again all of a sudden he does have a best friend but just talking about like how you know roddy's outmatched himself he needs to join up and be smart about it that 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 was fine but yeah it, it was it was a wild ride this whole like 15 minute segment yeah the whole thing has been and, and like you said it's been very convoluted very confusing and yeah. it started with a stupid decision luger uh, agreeing to give up the tag titles for this stupid concept that's true. Uh, <laughs> kick tickets off <laughs> immediately. Gives up yeah. the tag title. Say you got it. Yeah, that was, yeah. It, the whole thing's just been. I mean, they they really make it like they push it in the beginning, like when Luger says that, and he, he kind of says like one, you know, one more final battle. You know, it almost feels like, and that that may be actually when they thought Sting was going to begin it too, right? Where you know maybe they were going to pivot off of this thing pretty quickly. 
and have more of a thing run them off, and that's it. Yeah. Well, just like NWO would be doing their own thing. You know, if if they still were going to be doing NWO Nitro, right? Yeah. So they could have hypothetically had, you know. WCW side wins, NWO goes away, does their NWO Nitro thing. Then you have the Sting faction that's with, right. you know, whatever, a lot more <laughs> moving parts. Um, so maybe, and now they've kind of backpedaled, but it, it's it's been sloppy. It's been way more sloppy, like we said. It's not, I don't know what it is with Uncensored. That, like, last last year we had the whole nonsense with the Triple Cage of Doom yeah. with all the... I mean, it's crazy. That's only a year ago, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Z-Gangsta and Ultimate Solution and all that. Like, that's only... Pillman. Shark. Like, that's only a year ago. Shark. Yeah, Shark. <laughs> it's only a year ago. Or Shark yeah. made evented. Yeah. That amateur. Um, But it's crazy. That's only... that. That's a year in this time frame. <laughs> Teaming um, with Arn, by the way. This is yeah. a job for professionals. Right. <laughs> no amateurs. <laughs> he told it to somebody he teamed with a year ago. Yeah. Very yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, but I don't know. It's very, yeah, nothing that's ever weird. worked well. This is the worst. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start adding that into uh, any uh, just, just start saying anything. He's so, uh, he's so cringe, but for a guy that was like cutting edge and so amazing for so much I, of the I, 80s, I'm interested but, to see if he gets it back because this, yeah. this is two weeks. We're starting to get on a little run here, so yeah, but yeah, anything yeah, politically incorrect too, uh, that I say from here on out, I'm just gonna go off the rails. That's that's our uh, we come back. Big match here, Squire David Taylor versus Prince I.K. At least makes sense that, you know, David Taylor's going to help out his boy, Regal, and kind of salting up I.K. But we see some clips of Prince winning the title. Tony calls it the biggest shocker in 1997. Taylor has some pre-recorded comments that he snuck in, uh, into getting the fall, and it'll teach him a wrestling lesson tonight. They don't care about this match at all. So the NWO Hummer pulls up. We'll get the whole crew coming out. Uh, Hall says we're going in the back. I know the dishwasher. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then, uh, and then um, we have the kind of the same thing that's happened before, uh, where Big Bubba got laid out, where Norton and Buff are like, Hey guys, whoa, 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 come back. And we see that, uh, Mr. Wall Street has been laid out. He's face down on the concrete. And they should have uh, looked so, at me like, Yeah, it's only Wall Street. Yeah, they, 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 they didn't seem too concerned about it. Um, <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, we go back to the ring. Taylor's working over Prince, but Prince kind of lays down on him uh, with his weight as he's going for a slam and gets the immediate pin. Of course, no reaction from Prince Ikea for the spring break. Uh, faithful, uh, half a star. It was whatever. I mean, the match we actually saw was like maybe a minute. Yeah, it's uh, it's garbage. Three quarters <laughs> of a star. There we go. Prince uh, sucks. He sucks. He needs to lose to Ray on Sunday. Like anything, anything. I would have taken David Taylor winning the belt here. Yes, yes, we'll see. Our next match is Jim Powers versus Eddie Guerrero. Dean Malenko's on commentary for us. Uh, Dean said it would be apropos for someone to give insight on what the true Eddie Guerrero is all about. Of course, uh, Jim Powers has your boy Teddy Long out with him. Uh, this was this was a great moment for your ranting against Teddy with this finish here. So so Dean Dean I thought was really good on commentary here though. Basically he lays everything out. He says Eddie is jealous of him. Two individuals have kind of rose up the cruiserweight division. One has come to the top, and the other let's just say has stayed afloat. Talks about he's won the cruiserweight title three times. Uh, Dean says he'll go down as the greatest wrestler in the sport, and the other one just does a frog splash. So, so he's really like yeah. he's pinpoint different things, but but it's pretty good. Uh, Eddie's doing some kind of basic mat work, gets chopped down for powers while this is going on. Uh, Dean talks about 
like when Eddie won the title with the kind of his back turned and whatnot. Uh, Eddie does have some Eddie chants from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Powers, another one of kind of our sneaky guys that looks pretty good when he's put in there from time to time. He gives a good belly to belly here. Uh, then you have Larry Sabisco, of course, agreeing with Dean Malenko, who says, yeah, I, I agree with your points as Powers gets a suplex. Uh, Larry says he's been impressed with Eddie, but he uh, he prefers Matt techniques of Dean Malenko by far. Uh, Tony is just aghast with this. He said, well, wait a minute, Larry, you've been supporting and praising Eddie Guerrero and all this. Uh, Eddie makes his comeback, hits the slingshot senton. Um, he goes for the pin on that, and like Eddie's on the cover. His legs are under the ropes. And, of course, Teddy Long is just appalled at this immediately gets up on the apron and then uh eddie guerrero sends jim powers into teddy long teddy long goes flying and uh, eddie guerrero picks up the victory which does work from an angle standpoint because mm-hmm. dean says you know i mean that that's not the cleanest victory in the world he kind of yeah, it's proof he, he'll do whatever it takes yeah he pins powers with his back turned you know and runs him right into teddy long uh, Teddy Long looks like a doofus, which is part of the course for him. Uh, but to me, this was about Dean and Eddie. And, um, you know, I'll say with the convolutedness going on with the main event angle, I, I do think maybe like the Sting stuff I, I've been interested in, that portion of it. But but uh, besides that, this is my favorite stuff going on in WCW right now, actually, is the Dean Malenko-Eddie stuff. I thought the way they built to the match – um, there, there's a lot of intrigue on what will happen, and then we get an interview afterwards that kind of pads that out. But uh, I went two stars for this match. I thought it was really good with uh, it advancing the story and having Dean on commentary. He added some insight there. Yeah, I like Dean a lot on commentary. It's not a, something you always get out of him during this time. No. Um, and him and Eddie's been an interesting little feud. Uh, you know, I like his approach on it. Um, and snudging Eddie in a direction as well because he started to get a little frustrated with how he's being presented. Powers, we always like Powers, the Marty Slee special. Um, so I and Larry prodding things along too. Felt a little Bobby-ish out there doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is fine with two and a quarter. Uh Teddy's such a fucking stooge. I can't I really can't stand him. <laughs> he's 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 definitely him and Honky need to have a death match with both of them going away. Uncensored. Uh Gene Gene interviews Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Eddie says that Dean's the one changing. He's sick and tired of everyone thinking he's changing. It's friend, friends, family, even you, Gene. You're thinking I'm changing too. Dean accuses him of a changing attitude. If anyone made a mistake, it was actually Dean Malenko because he told Eddie his game plan and he will see him on Sunday. So uh, good, good promo, I thought there. Yeah, I thought this was good as well. Um, pretty basic, like you said. And Eddie's definitely. It seems like we're finally kind of giving him a change, which he's. I think he's needed for a bit. I think he's get a little ever since the DDP and the and the tournament and all that. It feels like he's a little. Um, I don't say lost, but definitely could use use. Yeah, a little lost in the shovel. I uh, this is where I disagree with Meltzer because he had kind of a comment of like, seems like they're going more with a heel edge Eddie angle because they don't think that type of baby face will get over, and it's like, well, I think I think it was due time for a change, so. I'm fine with what they're doing. Uh, as we come back from break, Tony asks Larry how he's liking his spring break experience. Larry lets us know there's too many kids here and the golf courses are too crowded. So he's pissed off about that. Um, as we go to our next Mac, Sergeant Craig Pittman, who we hadn't seen in a while, 
uh, versus Dallas Page. Tony mentions a big announcement for Philly coming up. Uh, DDP chant from the crowd. Pittman kind of works over Page a bit. Uh, Pittman's offense is always very basic, very boring. Uh, arm bars, headlocks, not much going on. Tony uh, on commentary is talking about the main event match and uncensored. He says he thinks the NWO has the most to lose. Um, uh, but, uh, he does, he does give the NWO credit said, Hey, they rebounded quickly after last week where kind of Bischoff got shown up with the Dennis Rodman story. So, so mm-hmm. he gives them that, uh, clothesline from Pittman looks very stiff, but not executed well, but it looked like it hurt. And then he gives a real clunky looking belly to belly suplex. So, uh, Pittman's kind of struggling in this match. Uh, DDP comes back with his comeback. It's a jawbreaker and then does a running diamond cutter to the kind of thankfully end it, wake up the crowd a little bit. They were sort of just waiting for the diamond cutter when we get it. Uh, this is actually the four-minute match that probably could have been two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it probably could have been helped. Uh, I went a star and a half. It, it was it was fine. DDP was over the crowd when he needed to be, but uh, <coughs> Pitt, Pitt, Pittman looked pretty washed out there. Yeah, I mean, he's Paige is so over that it, it carries it, but Pittman's definitely looking at a loss. Thank you, at least Teddy wasn't out here. Um, Larry, Larry Rentsick with the kids taking over Panama City was pretty funny. Um, just a classic old man. Uh, mm-hmm. star and a half for me as well. No, nothing, you know, Pittman's just nothing. Okay, then, then we may get and I understand, you know, we, we give them credit, they're doing a legit mm-hmm. show on at, at, a, at a club. But we get one of our first true like WCW production catastrophes, which is most up to this point as we chronicled have been WWF side. But uh, Gene gets into the ring. Gene Gene's a busy boy, you know. Mm-hmm. We had a couple. We had those months where Gene was doing the contract negotiations. I mean, Gene's on every segment. I think everywhere. Oh, he's, he's everywhere. Uh, so uh, he talks about DDP. Uh, getting more cheers. DDP says they know who the real deal is. And like last week, we watched Randy Savage attacking from behind. Right at that moment, the lights go out, the mic cut. So we don't see that. Tony goes, hello, and uh, it lets us know we're experiencing some difficulties. They go quickly to break. We come back from the break. We get the WCW Saturday Night Shield where we learned it's going to be Chris Jericho, Jeff Jarrett, Eddie Guerrero, Prince Ikea, and a Ric Flair interview. Uh, so that's what's on tap for WCW Saturday night. They still don't have this production stuff figured out, though, because they go to break again. Uh, and then finally, when they come back, uh, we get the interview again. And basically all he says is that Savage will remember his name you know, because Savage keeps saying, I don't know that guy's right. name. So he says he'll remember his name is Dalvin Dallas Page, but more is DDP, you know, fill the bang. Um, they probably didn't want to waste any more time. They're already behind now. Probably yeah, yeah. That, so. I, I don't I don't know if we necessarily needed to come back to right. Page saying all that. But there you Tony go. could have just said it. Page sent a note. Here's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. But right. I mean, I would say, too, just back to the Pittman thing and, and everyone else. Like, it feels like we're starting to get a little bit of uh dead wood for the first time in a while in, in, in WCW. Like it feels like we have some guys we could churn out of here that we don't need mm-hmm. to keep seeing. Pittman's one of them. Um Wall Street. I know he's just fodder as a foot soldier for NWO, but whatever. Teddy, yeah, powers is fine. But like it feels like we're really starting to accumulate some bodies that could be purged out as we continue to build the roster. Yeah, I, w- I would I would definitely say the guys from like the late ninety five, anything mm-hmm. pre NWO. Yeah. Um they, they can go for sure. 
Uh, next match is Galaxy versus Rey Mysterio. Lawyer lets us know in a fair match he thinks Diamond Dallas Page could beat Randy Savage, which Tony seems shot by. He was yeah, like, oh, really? Uh... All right. Uh, and then and then Larry says, says this lady, he says, if he can keep the rats away, he can win, to which <laughs> Tony immediately wants him to clarify that he's talking about the NWO. Right, not the women. Yeah. yeah, I want you to clarify that with the rest <laughs> of the vernacular that we have. So, so all of all of Savage's groupies aren't the ones that are helping him win the matches here. Uh, we get a backstage uh, insert promo from Ray saying, this is where the big boys play. He's going to take the title from Prince IK and then he'll challenge uh, Steven Regal. Basic there. Some chain wrestling here. Uh, Ray gives a, kind of a slide to Galaxy. Almost goes into the water or the shark pit as Larry. Larry gets very excited that he almost flopped yeah. into it. Yes. Uh, Larry says he likes watching Rey Mysterio wrestle, and he doesn't like anybody. So high praise <laughs> for the cruiserweights from Larry here. Uh, Galaxy watched, walks the top rope and gets crotched. They talk about like how they're kind of on a, <laughs> Larry calls it what, a stupid floating <laughs> platform or something? <laughs> Just Way funny. to put it over, Larry. Yes, yes. Uh, clothesline from Galaxy. Goes to the top, misses a moonsault, and then Ray hits the Rhino and wins pretty quickly here. I went two stars. I want to start off. It was fine. I mean, they didn't really get a lot to work with. No. But the couple of minutes they had was was fun. Yep. Uh, hour two kicks off with some more pyro. We learn MTV will be here with Hall and Nash on the uh, Fame or Shame. That's a pretty infamous, I'd say, appearance and segment uh, mm -hmm. we might can get to. I don't know if they ever show any of that on Nitro, but... Uh, yeah. They got they got worked into a shoot, brother, on that one. So uh, <laughs> Tony, Tanae, and Bobby reset us here. Uh, Tanae talks about how the Horsemen were joining up with Piper. Bobby says now that Robin's hanging out with Hogan, he's building his forces. But Piper beat him twice, and he can do it again. Uh, so just kind of resetting us for the second hour here. Yeah. Uh, you know, not not as much hook as what you're going to see on the second hour as you usually get from a Nitro. Yeah. Um, this this felt pretty frantic. I, I do wonder. Were they if, kind of programming a little bit? Well, I, I I think it's actually a little bit of a shoot with Bischoff and these Rodman negotiations. Mm -hmm. that he was legitimately like stretched thin this week right. and was kind of all over. And so they were a little shaky on the format here. Uh, Gene introduces us to MTV VJ John Sensio, who has to be like the lowest totem pole. I, I <laughs> yeah, didn't remember him. You know, I mean, this me is no downtown Julie. He was, he was doing the news updates on the overnights. Yeah, no no Kurt Loader here even. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, uh, he brings out our Miss WCW Monday Nitro, who is Pamela Rogers. She walks out. That gets a whoa from Tony. <laughs> uh, we learned she studied in education and wants to be a basketball coach. Gene... Herb Gene says the sash is too big. Uh, well, good news for him. The sash breaks as she gets into the ring and the tiara falls off. Uh, Sencio plugs Hall and Nash being on the fame or shame. Um, March 21st to the 23rd. Right. This this is kind of the problem, though, right? Like, they're NWO. So you have right. Gene introducing this VJ who's yeah. talking about the NWO guys being on their show. 
Right. Like, why is Gene like pumping this up and saying, "Oh yeah, yeah." This should just went. This should just thrown it to Sensio on the back, or or whatever. Or he goes off off he, script. He, he, yeah, he could yeah. have a one off NWO shirt. Like he's sitting on the couch with Nick Patrick and a couple right. of guys, and they're saying, "Yeah, check us out," or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, well, yeah. they want to miss said Miss W said to be out there. Well, uh, yeah. she went to she went to Tennessee Tech as well. Mm-hmm. They call out. There we go. Um, yeah, Gene's Pervin. I, I mean, then well, the, it it starts off weird because Sensio comes out and Gene says, "Take your shirt off and bear it all." I don't know if he was talking to a woman in the crowd or to Sensio. It wasn't clear. Um, and then she comes out. Yeah, the, Gene's pervert over her. Oh, yeah. uh, she looks fucking terrified as she gets in the ring. Oh, like, she's yeah. definitely like afraid to yeah. fall. Um, so that, March twenty first, twenty third. I mean, they said like they were hounding the beach. This was this was definitely someone they found. And oh like, yeah, hey, yeah. You Come know. put a sash on, put a yeah. dress on. Um, Gene says he'll be with Sensio next week, and then he gets a mark pick with him. He's like, I'll take a picture. Uh, and Tony says he's marking now that Gene put his glasses on for yeah. the picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Bob, Bobby, Bobby says they fogged up, I guess, from how uh, good looking Miss Rogers was. So, yeah, this this was, I mean, she looked better than the Miss NWO. So, I mean, oh, it, yeah. wasn't, yeah, it wasn't as bad as that catastrophe, but not great. Um, a big, uh, a big eight man here. We have the amazing French. I mean, what a team! Amazing French Canadians, Greg Valentine and Roadblock. Uh, Love versus, it. What a team versus the Steiners, Luger, and Giant. It, it was almost like it was the lethal lottery here for these 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 guys to come together. Uh, Luger power slams Valentine. Uh, immediately Rick clotheslines him down. Uh, Ouled on the, the apron gets a cheap shot in. They work over Rick for a bit, um, pretty quickly in like a minute. He gets a hot tag to Scott Steiner, takes it o- takes over, gives Roadblock a huge suplex, which gets a huge pop from the crowd. They mm-hmm. go wild for that. And then Giant comes in and delivers a very nasty choke slam too. So, so this this is basically just pumping up Team WCW. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't have a problem, I guess, them winning this match. Uh, French Canadians actually have gotten a little bit of a push, so it did seem a little odd them in this match. Uh, they probably just needed bodies, but they don't really, yeah. yeah. Just, whatever. I, I mean, I, I, I ended up going two stars because I thought like the uh, T-bone and the stuff like it. it mm-hmm. This got the crowd back, the crowd with the power outage and the Miss NWO or Miss uh, Monday Nitro thing were a little out of it. Yeah. So so I thought this helped getting them back. It's the old Ronnie Garvin team with a Pez Watley thing. You know, the French Canadians are just got <laughs> yeah. out there. But I went two stars as well. I thought it was a fun squash. I think this team WCW, this foursome, is like the best part of this match that we oh this whole angle is like the best thing to come out of it because they're all super over and really fun in this squash setting. Um we get a lot of talk about the rules in here. Yes. Uh so they do say the NWO is banned for 36 months. So that's yeah, three, three years, years. right? Yep. Think of where WCW is at in three years. Like if they would have held up this tip. Like I mean, March of 2000 oh, is very right. different than March of 97, yeah, right? Well, you know they're not going That's what I'm saying. It made no sense. Like it's yeah, well, it's well. such a stupid stipulation that I, I get what you're saying, that they could have done NWO Nitro. But like yeah. that amount of time makes it so unrealistic. A, a, a year would have been good. To say Six like, months, a year, whatever. On a year years. contract, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think yeah. of three years before this was Spring what, Stampede '94. Like Hogan wasn't even in the company, right? It was Steamboat and Flair. I mean, it's like three years is such an unrealistic time frame in the world of wrestling, especially at this time. Um, to to yeah. do it's such a stupid step. 
this whole match was stupid, but I really like I really like Team WCW. They look awesome, and I love Valentine out there. The whole thing is fucking absurd. All right, so then we get the big promo with these guys. Uh, Luger basically just kind of runs it down and rallies the troops. They they do talk about the steps, like you say. So, yeah, WCW wins. They get the belts. NWO goes away for three years. Piper, he gets Hogan in a cage at an undetermined point in the future. NWO, they are on all WCW broadcasts. Which again, they already are. So I don't, I don't, I don't know why they agreed to anything. Like, yeah. Well, then they change it. But I don't know if it's Sunday. I forget when they change it, but it does become they can challenge for any title at any time. That's it changes to that. Maybe that was a Saturday night thing, but yeah, what what a disaster. Uh, So then Giant basically says, "Sing it, don't bring it." Um, Rick, a very weird. I mean, you know, Rick. He He is a mess. He's never been right, so they're (laughs) making it. I don't. I don't know if they're saying like he's. Can you explain this to me? Is this the car wreck? Is this just him? You know, yeah, I don't know if they're saying from, he's like rattled know, like, from that or is this like, yeah, stupid? like, like, is this a new development or this is just typical? It could have been for the accident. Maybe they're saying he's, he's not yeah. okay from the accident. Gene says, I'm concerned about Rick. And then Rick stumbles over some words and then it's yeah. thrown to Scott. And, then, and Scott and then says, the funny, yeah, things that haven't been right. Well, no, 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 like Rick says, I've never been right and mumbles and all this stuff. Yeah. And then Scott gets on and says, hey, he's all right. It's like, well, wait a minute. He just said he wasn't. No, I thought he said things had never been right. Oh, no. I thought I thought he said he's all right. Maybe I need to re-listen because, yeah, this to me felt like the, you know, the the guy that's had too much to drink and he tries to get behind the wheel. And then the guy's like, oh, he's fine. You know, he's good. (laughs) I've seen him. I've seen him drive away drunker. It's like, what are you talking about? If he's like Katie. Say it is not good. Yeah. I think this, this felt like, um, that maybe they were trying to say he's still banged up from the car accident or whatever. And he's not right. But I I liked it as an old school, like eighties promo, (laughs) like they're all just juiced up guys yelling, but Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then Gene says, um, there, as they're fading out, he goes. He says something in the crowd. He goes, "That's an inspiration," and everyone smiles. So I'm guessing a girl flashed them or something because they all kind of smirk. And Gene says it's an inspiration. So I don't know what else it would have been. Gene uh, was out of control, unhinged, <laughs> uncensored, uncensored. Uh, April 14th, Nitro comes to the Spectrum. So that I mean, that's, that's a big cool. one. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, they talk about the uh, on-sale day flare will be at Tower Records on Saturday mm-hmm. when those go on sale. Uh, we get Juventud Guerrero versus the Ultimate Dragon, of course. It still says that. Uh, Ultimate's in his uh, black gold gear, which yeah, I think is yeah, yeah. one, of, one of his uh, better ones. Uh, Hoovy gets a chop. Quick action to start here. Run up head scissors from Hoovy. Drop kick to the outside. Bobby's teasing someone going to the drink. You knew it was going to happen. Everybody kept, mm-hmm. kept, kept revving up that it was going to happen. Uh, ono kicks Hoovy on the outside. Ultimo has some nice stiff kicks back on the inside. Tony says we're waiting to hear from the NWO on Dennis Rodman. Uh, Ultimo comes back with some submissions, bow and air, drop down, surfboard. Uh, crowd's kind of dead for this, unfortunately. They they sort of tampered at tempered down as the show went on. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I don't know how much of like fans they were. Like, yeah, they were, that, I you mean, know, you got to so. keep into account. There's probably a whole lot of casuals here. There's around yeah, it's like two hours is a long time to be yeah. standing around. Yes, yeah. yes, right. Uh, so Hoovy makes his comeback, hits the springboard drop kick for two. Uh, but then uh, Ultimo is able to get the knee up, gives a big running power bomb, which Tanae corrects and says it's the uh, running Liger bomb by Jushin Liger. 
Uh, and then he puts Hubie on the top rope and hits a run off of that and the Tiger suplex to win it. So, so this was a, this, this was kind of what we talked about earlier for me, where I think with a couple more minutes, this could have hit that good match threshold. Uh, it was just a bit too rushed. I think this probably is the longest match on the show, but again, it's only about five minutes. It probably need to be about seven or eight uh, to get to the good match as it is. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was just very brief, and there wasn't much uh, connected tissue on the transition, so I went two and three quarters. Yeah, same for me, two and three quarters. I mean, Dragon's so good. I'm glad they got a little bit more time than the SF because they did piece it together and make it pretty fun. Do you think they let the crowd um, jump off the ring into the pool after, or do you think they shut it down? <laughs> I'm guessing they uh, shut the it down for, uh, you know, for uh, yeah. production. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Gene and one of these ladies who was <laughs> on dog and over took a deal. But uh, uh, Chris Jericho versus Scotty Riggs next. Uh, some chops from Jericho. Tony says this will be a technical match. Let's us know right away here. A nice overhead belly to belly by Jericho. Bobby jokes about it. Everyone back home up north in the 11 degree weather as they're out in the sun oh, in uh, Panama. Poor Bobby. Nice. Um, missile dropkick by Jericho sends Riggs to the outside. Riggs makes his comeback, but gets caught into the top, top rope, hits a shoulder block. Uh, Jericho reverses that for a German, and then uh, Riggs is able to come back, hit the flying forearm, and Buff Bagwell. Runs in with the strap uh, to get the DQ. This actually turns out to be a, a a DQ win for Riggs because Buff only attacks him. And uh, commentary was confused on that. And then Bobby's like, "Well, the referee had to call it like he saw it, or something like that." Uh, but but the main the main crux of this was it was to set up the uh, strap match and uncensored. So they're giving them one more chance. It's going to be Scotty Riggs versus Buff Bagwell in a strap match at uncensored, which is whatever, uh, as far as this match, what did I end up got? Two stars. It was fine. Yeah. Two for me. Uh, some of the belt shots Bagwell laid in were pretty good. Um, yeah. when he came out, uh, crowd is definitely checked out. Jericho yeah. needs something. I mean, this is like a complete waste to him. Like yeah. there's going to be someone else you could put in this spot versus him being out there. Um, we get some talk about on past uncensored memories and moments, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, <laughs> I guess just talking about how the show could be kind of crazy. Uh, Tony also says Bischoff hired a legal firm from New York to represent him in his litigation with WCW. It's just a Jerry McDivitt, I don't know, funny, or like, <laughs> like a feel like Mc, John McDivitt or something like that. Yeah, you're right, right, truly. Yeah, two stars for me, yeah. yeah. Uh, a big uh, Medusa, she's back to with an interview with Gene. Gene says that he was involved in a bikini contest and a wet t shirt contest. He is so horny. So gross. Uh, so Medusa, even Medusa gives him a little like, oh, okay, you, you're going there. Uh, Medusa says she's sick and tired of these women coming into WCW saying they're the number one contender. A few years ago, she was the first lady at WCW, and now she's the first contender for the women's championship belt. She will fight uh, Akira Okuda, which she kind of butchers her name. She says uh, Hokuto Akita is what yeah, she said. Yes, so there you go. That's who she's fighting, if you can figure that out. Uh, then she calls out Luna Vachon and asks where her big bud isn't there tonight. So, so. I don't I know guess. if we even see Luna again. <laughs> uh, we'll have to say. Uh, I, I thought they fought at like Spring Stampede. Oh, you? maybe. I mean, she's around. Okay. Uh, Hokuto Akita. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see if, if Luna makes it back up. But at least for two weeks, they're giving, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some crumbs to the women's division here. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, because the main thing we'll get to, like with Jacqueline, like she's completed. No, she's like, not involved separate. in that at all. They, the observer mentions this is the week Disco Inferno gets fired. 
from WCW. Oh, for refusing to yeah, job for refusing the job to her. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean the rumors, right? We'll talk about it, but the rumors going into Revenge of the Team. I don't I don't know if you're muted on my end or what, but I can't hear you. It doesn't look all right. Like how about that? Am I yep. back now? All right, you're okay. back. Okay. Uh, the rumors at the time were definitely that he was going to be Honky's protege, um, oh. and, yeah, and right, at right, Revenge right. of the Taker that he right. was going to debut there. So yeah, he gets he gets fired for refusing to job to Jackie. So everyone just assumes okay, he I mean he fits the profile to be Honky's guy. Like I think it would have been pretty yes. good. He doesn't show up there, and then he ends up capitulating and, and comes back later in the year. But um, right. but yeah, the women. They actually, I think this division, like this reboot, lasts for a little bit. I think it's at least until the summer um, that they give it a go. So because I know her and Hawkto Akita fight at, uh, is it bad? One of them they do like they, a may, reboot, they, they may actually fight at Spring Stampede. I may be. I think no. I think they fight. It's later. It's like at the Bash or okay. uh, Road Wild maybe or something. Like they fight because when did they do the the bike? Was that last year? Medusa with the bike or no? She yeah. wasn't on last year, was she? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe – I think they might fight it. It's like Bash of the Beach or Great American Bash, I think. And okay. then I think Medusa has to leave or something. Well, I mean, we'll get there, but whatever. So anyway, <laughs> the women's stuff goes on for a little bit. Not for too long, but for a little uh, bit. They do fight at the Great American Bash. Okay, maybe. I think that's – They what, also fight at Spring Stampede, too. Though. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they have a couple. Hook to Akita. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stagger Lee. He's here. He's in Savannah. It's great. He's hyping next week's Nitro. Uh, it's the second largest St. Patty's Day parade and party, uh, so that'll be a big deal. Uh, he's now headed to a party in Charleston, which is the home of Uncensored. He says the, Cit- <laughs> he says the Citadel has a controversy because the mess hall serves weasel on a shingle. Bobby's speechless, but Tony and today love that joke. <laughs> they crack it up. Yeah, Must be a Southern thing. I didn't really, didn't really yeah, resonate with me. It wasn't, um, wasn't one of the better ones. He said, it, he said it to Charleston. Uh, a roving, moving Nitro party, of course. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Our uh, last match of the night, what ends up being Kevin Sullivan versus Odd Marty Anderson. Uh, Randy Anderson's refereeing, so so he's back. He's back with us here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a brawl. I, I, I really didn't know how to rate this because I think this is pretty infamous. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I'll just say, like, I mean, they basically fight for a while. They go to the beach. Uh, Jackie slams them on the outside, um, and then of course, uh, Hard Body takes a big spot into the pool, which is uh, kind of an infamous. Yeah, you needed uh, the payoff. Infamous yeah, spot, which works. I, I mean, I went three fourths of a star. It was entertaining, but it, you know, it is. Like, I went two and a half, baby. I thought oh, this okay. is great. Okay. I, I really liked it. It's a great squash. I mean, Sullivan is beast of piss out of him. Yeah. Uh, Jackie is like, you know, kicking the shit out. Bobby's like marking out. He loves it. Yeah. Tony's fucking up the names. He can't keep up. Uh, Sullivan drags Harrison through the bar deck. Yeah. Uh, hits him with a sign into the sand. Uh, and then, yeah, they throw him in the pool. This, yeah, so, I mean, Sullivan's been reborn. Like his squashes are spectacles. Jackie yes. has re has re-energized him completely. Um, and, they, and they've been tremendous. Like, I was done with him, and now I'm, like, all in. Like, I don't want him to go anywhere. Like, I uh, love these weekly spectacles. Sullivan's a underrated, like, all-time mm-hmm. squash guy, like, in the uh, in the Techwood era. Yeah. He's also – and even in the uh, old Georgia Championship Wrestling stuff. 
I mean, great, great squashes. Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. He's been fantastic. And him, Jackie, and Jimmy is such a weird little package. Yep. So we get a big interview with him. Gene, of course, comes back out to interview them. Uh, he calls Jimmy Hart an accomplice. <laughs> Jimmy lets us know he feels the safest Fort Knox with them around. Too legit to quit. Yes. Uh, she says Jacqueline's armed and dangerous, and her and Kevin are too legit to quit, so they're still trying that. Uh, Jackie says there's a whole lot of women in WCW window dressing, but she's the real deal. She can beat any man except, of course, Kevin. Kevin says, <laughs> yeah, he has a comment Piper. for Roddy Piper. He says that Roddy Piper is the smartest man he's ever met because he was going into a battle unprepared. The four horsemen reached out to him and bonded. Sullivan felt good because without Ric Flair, there was no head there, and there's just been a lot of excuses. Uh, this is kind of a, he takes, this is a lot of gaslighting here where he says the horsemen had been destroyed by the dungeon. <laughs> I missed that part. Uh, but now they have something to focus on and he doesn't want any more excuses. He tells Roddy Piper one more time, Sunday night, no excuses. So, so we get a, uh, message. I, mean, I guess he's trying to say that because he has dragged Benoit into this war the horsemen have argued and split because they, they, it was going that way for a bit with woman and Deborah and all that. Like, so yeah. I think that's what he's maybe saying basically is that he's, because he's, he's done this with Benoit and woman, the horsemen aren't the same. Yeah. It just, it just felt weird when we never see like Conan and right. Hugh Morris. Yeah, yeah, or him. Like, yeah. where's your dungeon guys? Um, but yeah. yeah. All right. And, uh, uh, and like you said, Tony did mention that that was Anderson's first match mm-hmm. as a ref since the suspension. So that was his return. There we go. Uh, then we get the big NWO promo. So, again, like we've talked about, this is, I think, three weeks in a row mm-hmm. where we've seen them showing up, and then they've waited to hour number two for the big the end. Kind, of, yeah. kind of walk out here. Uh, so the whole crew's out. Hogan, Macho Man, Elizabeth, Ted, Bischoff, Norton, Vince, Nash, Hall, Six, Buff, and then Sting's kind of bringing up the rear there, gets into the ring. Uh, you got to imagine, what, a, what an easy day of work for these guys <laughs> like uh, party they probably partied all oh yeah day. probably i mean hall and nash can you imagine that i'm mm. sure they were way gone uh yeah i mean eric even says it right here it says everywhere we've been partying the rumors are true is dennis rodman the newest member hogan lets us know mr bischoff last night in new york city you and i with rodman did a little nwo initiation and our afterburners are still smoking. Uh, he throws to the footage that documents the newest member of the NWO who keeps calling Hot Rod, which I hot love. Hot Rod, that. Dirty Dennis I love Rodman. That they keep calling Rodman Hot the Rod. The Dirty Dog. <laughs> I love when they insult Piper. It's the best. <laughs> uh, so uh, they shield that March 16th at Uncensored, Rodman will be there. Uh, he says, Howard Stern, step outside. Uh, then Rodman comes a lot of Howard Stern shaming here. Uh, Rodman comes into focus. Well, Rodman, Rodman and Stern, didn't they have something going on? Wasn't Maybe, there? Like, I don't know. Because Rodman know. wore the dress. Didn't Stern say okay. something? It was something like that, I thought. All right. I might be misremembering. Know. I might be mixing things up. But. <laughs> uh, Rodman comes into frame then. He says, NWO is the new team of the future. Uh, he says, uh, this put the. Uh, Whole new twist on Uncensored because the most uncensored man, Dennis Rodman, will be with him. Uh, so so we get we, we get the video basically like Rodman is NWO. 
So, so this is the, it's a, a video they're coming to, but, but it looks like, you know, by all intents and purpose, Rodman is NWO. He's hanging out with Hogan and whatnot there. Uh, he says, uh, what will Piper's pets and the rest of WCW do? Uh, Eric lets That's us know. Great. That made me laugh. Piper's <laughs> pets. Yeah. Eric says Steger joined the NWO. We forgot to give him his colors. So he wants to uh, fully initiate Stinger into the NWO. Uh, so Hogan busts out an NWO shirt. Sting doesn't put it on. And in a pretty like moment, Hogan's like holding it up over him like you like you'd size up your kid or something in a mm-hmm. department store to see if something fits. Um, it, it was just funny. Booze start ringing down. Um, Bobby, even on commentary, says, did you ever think we'd hear Sting get booed? Uh, Eric says, now Stinger's got his colors. Uh, he throws to Nash and Hall on the uh, on the Steiners. Nash says he's got three letters for the Steiners. LDW, pick up lost damage waiver for us. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, then uh, Hall, was, this, this was a pretty good Hall stuff. Uh, yo, Steiners, here's the Outsiders. Me and Six, we know you're good. Big problem. We're better, which is just a funny line. Uh, he says, we've already beat Giant and Luger at Super Brawl. If you want more of us, don't sing it, bring it, which I think may be the first time we've heard that. I think so. Okay, so there we go. That's another big one. Uh, Eric Eric moves on to Savage, brings him in. He says, there's, there's, a, there's a guy with ugly tattoos and gray hair. Who is that guy? <laughs> Uh, Savage says he's forgot his name. Hogan's pretty funny. Stress over says it's on the tip of my tongue, but he's not the macho man. Hall says, well, he's not Hollywood either. Uh, Savage says, you know, I'm a little bit scared, but I'm not afraid because the whole situation still is sweet. Uh, and then Hogan kind of wraps us up here. Says there's no doubt in the world of pro wrestling, the NWO is Ted's brother. <laughs> Nothing has changed a bit. And you guys are and Rodman and all the brothers of the NWO, it is sweet. Uh, Tanae calls this more sickening by the week. So, yeah, the NWO is tits, brother. Is, In the uh, 80s, did you ever think you hear Hogan say something's tits? <laughs> that's pretty funny. I uh, forgot he said that. That's such yeah. a that's a funny line. That it said. felt like a Hall line more than yeah. like a Hogan line. Yeah. Nash was fucking hammered, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. He was, he LTW bros is okay. Easy. Yeah, he's clearly pretty banged up uh, from partying at, at Club Lavella. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty a pretty classic NWO segment. It doesn't do much besides yeah. I like that they confirmed that Robin's going to be at Uncensored. You might as well yes. hype that up yes. um, as, as a draw. So, like, th- I think that was a good call for them to to pre-announce it. And yeah, this is fine. Uh, now we get one of, I don't know if somebody went short or what happened. I mean, we had the technical gaffe, so I, I, I think they were trying, this was what they wanted to be the last segment, but this is one of the Well, they say it's supposed to be a match. Well. I don't know if it was, but they say, yeah, they say, Tony says this is supposed to be our main event. Yeah, right. This was supposed to be our main event. More pyro goes off randomly. Mm -hmm. Then Gene interviews public enemy, uh, they gave Grunge the microphone, which he looked like he'd been partying because he mm-hmm. just starts like throwing grenades at everybody. He says, Who in the hell do the horsemen think they are? 
uh, Gene explains it, and Grunge is like, well, you know, the horsemen are nothing more than a bunch of show ponies. It's like, you just got to explain to what happened. Uh, he says, Nature Boy keeps having these echo epileptic fits. Uh, Mongo Michael still thinks he's playing NFL football. Uh, at this point, Gene, like, physically tries to go to rock a rock and johnny's like i'm not done yet and then he says a double a the enforcer isn't what he used to be and uh, the coattail riding jeff jarrett has wanted to be a horseman all his life but he's never gonna be horseman material so he just like scorched turf on everybody including flair and arn and people he's never gonna interact with uh i know he wasn't the most endearing person backstage <laughs> This probably didn't help his case here. Uh, so so then Rock gets on the mic and he basically just freestyles for a bit where we got the, you know, we want to rock, we want to rock the party, blah, 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 I'm rocking the microphone. We want to rock in the microphone. This is like, what the fuck? Uh, out of nowhere, Harlem Heat attacks them. They beat on them in the entrance way for about 30 seconds. Tony yells, we're out of time, and there they yeah, go. Yeah, they clearly oh. fucked up the timing like, somewhere. What? what is this? So they were either short or, or long. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know if it was long and they couldn't have the match. And I, I believe it, it could have been a match because every match has been two minutes. So, like, I could believe that they went two minutes or three minutes long here or there, and this was supposed to be the last match of the night. Maybe. Um, I think yeah, they had yeah. to have them come out, though, because they needed to explain why – we're not going to get public enemy horsemen now at, at uncensored um, that Jarrett and Mongo are now in the main event. So that match gets altered. So I guess that that's probably why they did it too. But yeah, the whole thing is the whole thing's weird. God, what a, what an undersell from Meltzer in his report. He just says show went off the air with public enemy brawling with heat. That was yeah, so that was like, cool. I mean, it was nothing, but it was like, good Lord, like, Grunge is shooting on everybody. Like, what, what is happening here? So, so, uh, they he does have it in here. He has it in his notes. Public Enemy signed a new two year contract. So, there you go. I guess they felt like they could say whatever. <laughs> Open it up a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that timing seems right because I think it's around yeah, when they make their, yeah. they come yeah. back. And then in April is when they're in the, the WF. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, this was a, a weird finish across the board to close the public enemy, the pyro. They definitely seemed like they were just thrown off. Um, yeah, do everything. The certain and and Rodman stuff. I don't know. Like Rodman was on a few times. Yeah, there's not like a ton else going on here. He went on a date with Robin at one point in '96. Okay, um, and then him and Hogan would go on there to announce the match like later in the year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, but I don't see anything around this time that that would have spoke to why they would mention it okay so. if anybody knows let us know but yeah but it seems like at the very least he had a history with stern okay um i don't see anything with piper and stern either i don't know piper yeah it's all fucking weird oh here we go Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Robin on Howard Stern, March 10th, 1997. I should have looked this up. Okay, so they were on then. Yeah, it looks like they were on. I mean, that's this day. I don't think they would have been on the day of this show. They could have been. I mean, that's a heck of a... So, they. yeah, I mean, they were on this in the morning. Then they. He said they were in New York. Yeah, he said they were in New York. Okay. (laughs) Shot down there at night. Wow, that's a a rough. 
<laughs> the road wall. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, they, they might have been partying. That might have been real. That might have been. They were pretty yeah. truthful. They might have been partying with Rodman. They signed him to the. They got him to sign. They went on Stern the next day to announce it, and then they flew down for Nitro. Oh my god! All right. Well, I have to. I'll. I'll. Uh, I'll uh, it's twenty-one minutes. So I'll all right. So they must have shit on Piper on that show. That yeah. I'll, I'll scrub it and see what's right. going. But yeah, they. It seems like now it's more angle. What. What Piper said about Stern, right. like he may have said, like, "Oh yeah, you can handle, you know, whatever." But I'll, I'll see what I can find, yeah, and we'll they have must that have been crapping on Piper's pets. Uh, <laughs> <Stern>. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to our- Piper getting insulted so funny, but it's all it's always humorous. <laughs> all right, let's get to the awards. Uh, match of the night by grade. I had the um, was it Hoovy and uh, Ultimate Dragon Ultimate, but. I put I went with Sullivan and Hardbody because it was oh. my favorite match of the night. There we go. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Hoobie and Ultimo. Okay. Uh, best moment I went with the Horseman and Piper joining forces. This and, is where I went. Uh, Hardbody Harrison going into into <laughs> the into the drink. I just think like when you think of Spring Break Nitro, you think of the pool and the aesthetic and somebody right. diving in. So there you go. I didn't really have a good MVP. Um, no, I just put NWO for this one. I don't know. Okay. This yeah, the Rodman was a, the biggest story of the night. Yeah, this is this is sort of like my WWF stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm defaulting to Hogan. I, th- I thought yeah. he was good with his promo. He kind of, and at least one thing I liked about this Hogan promo uh, was he kind of played ball with the other stuff that was going on too. Like right. he helped yeah. out on the Savage and Page stuff. So yeah. I thought he was. Good. I mean, he could have went. I think Luger Giant Steiners like could have been it too. Like they were good yeah. in their promo. Um, or or the horseman like, like that was a pretty good promo yeah uh all right debuts we had rodman and club la vila um <laughs> sort of location uh road report was in savannah shots fired as piper obviously yeah, calling out the um and i ended up giving this the same grade as raw i went six out of ten great location uh yeah they weren't squashes but they may as well have been they're all two or three minutes um a couple big angles played out they're very similar shows this week like they're Oh, like angle based, not a lot of in ring, different location to soak in and add to the atmosphere. Um, I, I think Raw, if I had to pick one, I think I, I enjoyed Raw a little bit more just because they were a little bit more focused. I thought heading to Mania than, than WCW was uncensored, the confusion around the main event. Um, but grade wise, I had them the same. Uh, same for me. I'm five and a half on these two. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I was, I was, I actually thought I would like this one more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just think the aesthetic's so cool. I don't want to ding it, but this was one of those shows that I was thinking like, I mean, if this was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or whatever, like No Name Arena, uh, this has probably been one of my least favorite nitros in a while. Just yeah. I, I thought it was way more, um, you know, even like last week's had the all time bad segment. Nothing here was as bad as that Piper stuff, but um. Mm-hmm. I thought just from like a scatterbrained booking and cohesion, yeah, this yeah. this was this was shaky. So yeah, it's a shaky finish uh, going into uncensored. Um, but you know they had to rush and rebuild it quickly, so not the best go home. But I, mm-hmm. I think there's enough there. At least is intrigued to order it right. You got the main event. Uh, I mean, you got Sting, Rodman. Yeah, uh, yeah even even as convoluted as the main event is, too, like the star power is huge. Yeah. Well, you got the Horseman team with Piper. That's a good sell. You got Team WCW has been booked well. Yeah, you got Rodman. You got the Sting factor. Um, Savage's first match in the NWO, like in yeah. a big match. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they'll they'll be fine. It just wasn't the best go home. All right. All right, combo awards. Uh, so best show. I mean, I would go Raw. I, I do think Raw was a little bit better okay. than Nitro. All right. So that's two in a row for them. Uh, best match. I don't know. They're kind of all over the place. Like we had, Bla- I had Blackjack, so I want a Bulldog. Um, I personally liked Hardbody and Sullivan the most of, of the night, but I could be fine with Hoovy and Dragon too. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Hoovy and Dragon's probably going to win, but it's okay. it's, it's, it's I think that plays into the show too. It, neither show had really good wrestling. So, all right, best moment again. I could go with either. I could go with uh, Brett and Shamrock. I could go with ECW. I could go with Flair and Piper. Like they all kind of worked for me. What about uh? Hard body flying into the pool here. <laughs> so we have a nitro spring yeah, break. That, that's fine by me. Okay. It's all right, like commentary. A, all this is, these are kind of like special <laughs> episodes. It's just they were. They were. Yeah, they were just like, again, built on the atmosphere. Um, I, I I thought the raw commentary is better, honky aside. But um, I just thought it was a little bit more focused. I like King and Heyman. You get that factored in. Um you know, I thought Vince was funny. I love the deadpan on the Worcester. I mean, uh, not Worcester, the, uh, whatever the fuck he did, the name of the uh, building, Course State's Coliseum. Oh, yeah. Spectrum. Yeah, but Nitro was fine. I mean, Nitro is always pretty good. Larry was on one tonight, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care. So we know. Yeah, let's go, Rob. All right, Star of the Night, you want to go? Um, I would go Hogan here, actually. Yeah, all right, that's fine. All right, ratings winner, Nitro. Yep. Uh, pretty pretty decent raw. Well, raw. See, raw's been up and down. Like like raw was bad last week. This week it's back up two point three, which is where it's been. Uh, Nitro ticked up a little bit too. It's three point four last week, three point five. So about the same. They're actually gaining, you know, steadily a little bit. You know, ticking up a little bit. So so still definitely a healthy win for Nitro. All right, long one tonight. Thanks for sticking it with us here. We had a lot to cover. It was two big, important shows, and we're still balancing Raw being two hours, so we'll kind of work through that. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks. We'll have the go-home to WrestleMania, so we'll back in the war zone. We'll see how they do. Oh, no, we got two more to Mania? Uncensored. Oh, that's right. Two weeks we got Uncensored. That's right. Uncensored. (laughs) Uncensored. A month from today, we got the go-home to Mania and the fallout from Uncensored. But, yes, two weeks from right now, We'll be with you for WCW Uncensored 1997. Interested to see how that holds up as a show. We've generally liked most WCW pay-per-views. Yeah. Um, the last couple, though, have been a little shaky. It was sold out in Super Raw. So we'll see how uh, it holds up. And like I said, a month from today, we'll, we'll be on the final steps to Mania. So a lot going on. Stick with us. Subscribe, North-South Connection, on YouTube and audio. Subscribe on social media. Catch us on the uh, countdown for every WrestleMania match ever. Until then, it's made the night. Smell the napalm. We're out. We're out. Bye.